He goes, uh, and he was an older guy. <laughs> he goes, so the key is, man, he's like, I know you're new to this shit. You got to look like you're doing shit, and that way no one asks you something to do something. He goes, so you see that, that cable right there? Just pick it up and start wrapping it around. So it looks <laughs> like you're doing something. <laughs> and that way, and I looked at him like, you're a fucking just a scumbag, you know? Because he was based, a cable. Yeah, so he, no goes, he, goes, he goes, yeah, work. he goes, so you just do that and no one will, will ask you to do something else. Dip, 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 dip. Welcome to Ari Shafir's Skeptic Tank, episode 283, everybody. Thank you, right off the bat, last month, first month, most downloads we've ever gotten, first month, one million downloads. What a milestone. I don't know if it matters, you know, if numbers really mean anything, it's just a few more than before, but like, it's cool to get a million downloads in one month. It's cool. So thank you guys for listening, for telling your friends about this. And today, what a special treat to reward you guys, Mr. Tom Segura. Okay, first of all, you guys, I have now switched my opinion on Tom Segura. No, no, first of all, first of all, my special is taping in Austin this week on Saturday. Before we do anything else, let's talk about that just for a minute. I'm paying for it myself, I'm spending way too much money paying for it myself. I'm a fucking moron. I'm spending forty percent of my life savings on this goddamn special, so I can do it my own way. So nobody, so you know why? Because I don't want I don't want somebody telling me to say uh, Samsung instead of iPhone. That's all it boils down to. I want to do everything exactly the way I want to do it. And I'm willing to fucking lose all my all my fucking savings. What's wrong with me <laughs> to do that? So come out on Saturday for the taping of Children and Adulthood. Um, both shows Saturday. If you can't make Saturday, come out Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday. There's never a bad show at Cap City. What a, what a wonderful, wonderful club. Somebody just asked me like where I'm taping it, and I was like uh, Cap City Comedy Club in Austin. And they're like, "What was your second choice?" And I was like, "What do you mean second choice?" Like, I mean, if you couldn't do that work, you do it. I'm like, that's not the way it works. So I'm not a fucking applying for, you know, college. I do it where I want to do it. I want to do it there. So I made it happen. And I figured out when. And the when is this Saturday. Um, tickets are at arishafir.com, where you can also see all the music that I use every episode. You can find links mostly to most of the songs, at least on YouTube. Uh, it's always a good companion to every episode, especially... To episodes like Running of the Bulls, where I had so many pictures of Kai falling down and the bulls running right over him. But today, Mr. Tom Segura. Okay, so here's what I wanted to talk about. Tom, okay, he's lost a few pounds, about 20 pounds. Guys, I from the start, I thought it was ridiculous. Ridiculous that any of you were saying that Tom, that Bert is fatter. Bert is fat. I'm not going to say Bert's not fat. Oh, Bert's fat. But to say Bert is fatter than Tom Segura is ridiculous. That was my early thought. However, Tom has lost 20 pounds. And Bert seems to be on some sort of diet where he just eats thinner people. 
and he has i don't know his his body it's ballooned like it's i mean when i say ballooned i don't mean just grown i mean it looks like a balloon his stomach pushes outward from his from his back in this weird like I had a, a colonoscopy and they had to fill my 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 rectum with air. And afterwards, I felt like I had this shit. I had to literally push my stomach in and p- to force air out of my butt. It would make this weird farting because there was nothing in there. It felt like it was so it was like full like a balloon. That's what that's what Bert's body's like now. So I have now officially changed my opinion. And this is from saying both of them. You guys Bert is fatter. I know you guys all got your shirts. You got them when it wasn't true. But now it is true. Bert is fatter. Today I talked to Tom Segura about jobs. We are, uh, he's in New York working Caroline's. And uh, let's, you know, since this is a sign that I'm spending all this money on my special, then I'm going to have to go back to a day job soon. <laughs> what better way to, to ring it in than to talk about day jobs? We've all had a few, so... I talked a few about him. Do you remember the first time you got a job? The feeling of like, I don't know, reward that you got from actually working. And then the, when you get a paycheck at the end of two weeks, it just felt like, oh my God, I've got so much money. And my first job was when I was 16. I mean, other than little odd jobs, you know, babysitting and stuff. Oh, I thought babysitting actually, that was another job. But my first job was Arlington National Cemetery. I worked as a horticulturalist. Sounds better than it is. It means degenerate pipe layer. And man, good times. We talked about a little in the podcast. Just good times. Just slacking off with real blue-collar people. Um, then I worked at Woodmont Country Club in the bag room, cleaning people's clubs and occasionally stealing them from rich people. Uh, I had a nice driver and a nice putter. Sorry, sorry, members. Shouldn't have left your bag out. Shouldn't have left your bag out. That guy, fucking, this one dude was like, oh, I can't find my, where's my bag? We're like, I don't know. And we looked for, we, had, we couldn't find his cart either. He fucking left his cart somewhere. So everybody had to go on a fucking manhunt for this guy's bag and the cart he was on because he didn't return it and wouldn't say that he didn't return it. Eventually, guess who found it? Ari. So I grabbed the fucking bag. I'm, I'm bringing it back. I had to leave the cart, you know. Bring it back, and I drive by my car in the employee parking lot. Yeah, guys, not all those clubs made it. Not all those clubs made it that day. One of them made it to my car. The dumb thing was I left it in my car for like two weeks. I've been just waiting to be found. It's a driver. The weird thing is I couldn't even hit a driver. I'll hit three wood all day, but I can't hit a driver. And by all day, I mean no longer anymore. I can't do shit on the golf course anymore. Um, all right, should we start the episode? Oh, no. We got one more thing to say, you guys. So I'm doing this. Okay, you guys have all been to concerts. You guys have all been to, uh, to, to mute comedy shows. There is an epidemic going on in this country where no one pays attention to shows anymore. And the reason is, and I know you've heard me talk about this before, it's cell phones, you guys. It's the fucking smartphones. And let's say you're not addicted. There is a pull on you. You got to give me that. There's a pull on you. Every time you feel your fucking phone buzzing or you get an update or even when you're a little bored, 
there's a sh- there's a song on a concert that you don't know and you're like well let me go check my snapchat let me go check my instagram let me go check and people are on it all the time i'm constantly doing this on comedy shows where i, where I go people, tell people like hey what is wrong with you? You're at a live stand-up comedy show. This is the most exciting thing in your life, and you are missing it. You know what I'll do sometimes? Sometimes I'll just keep going with my bit. I'll see people on their phone, and I'll just keep going with my bit, and then just sort of prove what kind of effect it has uh, on people. I'll wait till the end of my bit, and I'll be like, hey, hey, excuse me, you, you. And then I'll, they'll look up like, oh, hey. Then, you know, a friend will hit them. Because for, for a while, when I say, excuse me, excuse me, I look up, they won't even look at me because they won't even hear me because they're lost in their phone. You think you can hear. You can hear, but you can't listen. And so someone will hit them, like, what? Oh, they look up, they look embarrassed. I'm like, no, it's okay, I'm not mad at you. Because they say, I'm sorry. I'm like, I'm not mad, I'm not mad. But here's what I wanted to know, just for your own sake, and for the sake of everyone else here. I go, what was I just talking about? And they'll, sometimes they'll be like, uh, kids? And I'll be like, what about kids? I'll be like, you have an opinion on them? (laughs) They're just lost, they're lost. That's at most. Most of the time, they go, I don't know, which means you're completely like, you're taking yourself out of the fucking most exciting thing in your life for that week, besides sex. If you get sex, that's more exciting. I know that's more exciting because if anybody's at a comedy show and you're like, this is the most exciting thing I'm going to do all week, and then the girl you're with was like, hey, you want to leave right now? I'll blow you in the alley. They'll be like, yep, I'm out of here. Let's go. And you would just leave. So that's how I know that sex is more important, more exciting. But um, it's pretty exciting and you're lost on your phone. People aren't getting into as much in concerts. I know musicians are talking about this. So I'm doing this for my special, you guys. There is this company called Yonder. Of course, they have no E in their name because no fucking tech company has E. And they're making these things where it is a pouch. I've seen it happen before. They do it at the Denver Comedy Works, and I loved it. So I reached out to them. And they are, because I'm paying for this myself, they're like, all right, don't worry about it. You don't have to pay us. So they're pretty cool about it. They're these pouches. You put your phone in a pouch. Pouch locks with a magnet, kind of like uh, the things that are on, uh, on the stuff, on the clothes you used to try to steal from the mall, and you have to get them taken off. You turn your phone on vibrate if you need it, otherwise turn it off, and you sit there, and you watch the show, and you feel like, well, I'm a mom. Oh, moms are the worst, by the way. Moms are always like, whenever you see somebody on their phone, sometimes they'll even fucking talk in the show. Like, what are you doing? They're like, uh, I'm talking to my babysitter. As if somehow, the fact that you have a child excuses you from ruining the show from every other person. And then you hit them with some sort of logic, like, well, can't you do that in the lobby? And then they get even angrier. Oh, moms think they have everything. Like, everybody needs to bend over backwards for them. So moms or doctors, you leave the phone on vibrate. If you hear it vibrating, go outside, unlock it, Right at the front desk, talk on your phone. You just can't do it during the show because I want you paying attention. If that's going to be too uh, restrictive to you guys, if you can't turn your phone off, leave it away for two hours and get lost in the fucking fun and joy of a live stand-up comedy show, then I won't be mad. Go ahead and get a refund. You don't need to come to the show. I want you getting lost. It's okay. But you should really consider the fact that you might be addicted to your smartphone if you can't go do away with it for two hours. And you're like, no, no, I just won't check. I just won't check it. All right, then no big deal. Get the pouch. We'll get when the show's over. Look, honestly, align forms. You're off. You're out out of your pouch and fucking phone back in your hand within nine minutes. So that's what we're doing. So everyone's gonna get lost in the show. It's gonna be fun as fuck again. We're gonna forget what we're doing. I would suggest turning the phone off so you don't even hear the buzzing. Because what are you gonna do? Why, why would you go outside? Why would you check your Facebook? 
Why would you check anything while you're in fucking getting lost in it? But do what you want. So thank you, Yonder, for fucking helping me. If you guys have concerts, or by the way, they also do shit that I found out at like parties. If you want everyone in a party, like for New Year's or Thanksgiving or something, you can get those Yonder pouches. You can be like, everybody, phones in. We're all going to enjoy ourselves. We don't need to take pictures. One guy, you're in charge of pictures. You can give one guy, whoever's got the iPhone 7, you're in charge, send them to everybody. It's a cool company, Y-O-N-D-R. And any sort of concerts, bar mitzvahs, I don't know bar mitzvahs, why am I even saying that? Um, So thank you, Yonder, for supplying me with those pouches. Um, I I couldn't afford them because I can't afford anything because I'm losing so much money. Shall we start? We should start. Oh, before I start, last thing, last thing, last thing, you guys. Last thing. And don't look at these intros as too long. Look at them as content. Look at them as not long enough. They're fun. Uh, my friend and I were walking. It was like six of us walking uh, to get something to eat. And we stopped into 7-Eleven to get some water. And then two, two guys, I mean, not even two guys, probably all of them. Fucking men are animals. They'll eat the garbagiest things. They start looking at the fucking, those rollers, you ever go to the top? Remember when 7 Eleven didn't have fresh, not fresh, but hot food? And then they got them. First, they got the big bites. Then they started getting taquitos. So my friends are arguing about it. And my friend was like, uh, uh, wanted to get a, uh, a big bite. And he goes, Why are you getting a big It's disgusting. This other guy was like, It's disgusting. And he goes, Yeah, man, but it's better than a taquito. Taquitos, you don't even know what's in there. It's some fucking ground meat. And it's been sitting there for like a year. You have no idea. At least a big bite's somewhat fresh. And they're like, what do you mean fresh? That's been there for four days. And the guy's like, yeah, but taquitos, even worse. The taquitos, you have no clue, man. And it's fucking Spanish, which means it's not even from here, which means you can't tell. Well, it's not because it's not from here. But it's like you can't tell because of all the ridges on there. That's what he's saying. The ridges on there make it so you can't tell if it's been there for a year or a month. And the other guy's like, yeah, but the fucking big bite sucks. And I was like, guys, they're both terrible. Why would you eat anything? Let's just wait and go get something real to eat. And they're like, no, man, we need something to hold us over. Like, why? You don't have any good options. Nothing is going to hold you over. Taquito or fucking Big Bite. They're both disgusting. That's the election, you guys. That's the election this year. We don't have any good options. You do not need to vote if there's no good options. You can vote for the props if you want, if you know what's something that can get passed. If they have legalized marijuana in your state, you want to vote for that, fucking vote for that specifically. Politicians are all crooked. The political system is fucked up. There's no reason to get involved. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, Ari Shavir, Skepper, thank episode 283. Take this job and shove it with Tom Segura. Let's go. Take this job and shove it. I ain't working here no more. My woman done left and took all the reasons I was working for. You better not try to stand in my way as I'm walking out the door. Take this job and shove it. I ain't working here no more. Don't talk about anything bad. Yeah. <laughs> Where it's like hand on the record button. It's like no, no, not yet, no, not, not yet. yet. I had somebody last week tell me like, "Hey, I said some horrible shit. Can you delete that?" And I was like, "I think it was before we were recording, but I'll look." Yeah. And I was like, "Yeah, we did. It wasn't in there." We try not to do that a lot. Right. There's been uh, like 
cut things out. Oh, me neither. I, 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 I we have, though. To, we have. I would need someone to tell me, please delete that, and then I'll try to talk them out of it. Yeah. I was like, dude, I said my friend was cheating on his wife. You, you can't. I was like, all right, I'll find it. I tried to, I saved my dad one time when he didn't know that gooks is not acceptable. <laughs> Because, like, he was in Vietnam, yeah. and he was just, like, talking real casually, and he was like, and the gooks would come, and I was like, uh, dad, like, I don't think that's, and then <laughs> afterwards, I was like, hey, do you want to edit that out? Because he was on our podcast, he was like, why? And I was like, because it's not cool to, like, drop, he goes, yeah, it is, and I had to, like. Explain to him why? Not explain, Google it, and show him, and then he was like, I didn't know that. Like he totally. Like, oh my! He was like, "That's I really didn't know," because oh. they they also convinced those guys that, that was an acronym. What for? For uh, that great group, old gentlemen Oriental. of other kinds. Oh really? Yeah, but it's really not. <laughs> it's actually it's actually, uh, like the origin of the etymology is like a Korean. It's a Korean slur that oh. morphed into the word gook you know like slurs come from another word right and when i like showed him all this stuff he was like that's actually a bad word i'm like how do you not know this (laughs) (laughs) he's like but he's also like saying like well if you're like when you're in a war zone and like everybody says this like a a word like a hundred thousand like that's just casualized right it just yeah you you start to like you're supposed to hate them you're trained to hate and kill and he's like we're killing machines and that's what i understand with those people like they raped a village and it's like yeah, I mean, you send them in there to hate everybody, and like, oh no, these ones that look exactly like and are the same country as these ones yeah, uh, are yeah. actually the good ones, right? No, I know it's yeah, it's a little tricky. Yeah, yeah, war tricky. zones. Yeah, I've, I've talked to some guys that have been in like Afghanistan and stuff, and yeah, like, yeah, they're 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 a little brainwashed, you know. Yeah. I mean, you understand why, but it's exactly what like what you're saying. They're just like trained like these guys you just want to kill them all okay <laughs> and then you come back here and you're like not anymore <laughs> yeah no, no stop now yeah wait what but I, I really hate them no 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 yeah it's done yeah do you ever this is a nice hotel yeah it's cool do you ever uh i'm just looking at those fucking do you see the guys in the feeder. uniforms yeah what a dorky fucking wearing the derby hats outside i know if that was my job i'd be like fuck you what do i gotta wear a derby hat for a red jacket and a derby hat i would hat. love to see you especially in that <laughs> uniform with a bad attitude oh i for sure have a bad i'd be, <clears throat> I'd be yeah. uncomfortable such a dick about it. you know who'd be who'd have the good attitude who? sebastian sebastian what he did i yeah. think it well was four seasons, four seasons. Guy. Yeah. But, but he wasn't like a now nah, he was a waiter. top hat and he was a waiter at the four tails that's got to be pretty crazy right for like the the guy the, his old shift manager <laughs> like you're never gonna make it he's like i gotta quit i gotta do comedy yeah it's a bad move for you stupid you're yeah. gonna make sh- you can make assistant sh- late night shift manager if you stay here for two more years <laughs> have you ever had a comedy club tell you when you're like like we were talking about with full charge yesterday or two days ago where they're like oh i, I can't do that anymore i want to be a headliner or i got an offer for like a thousand somewhere and i was like i'm i'm I, i'm that's below my number like what do you got it's right when i started like 1500 it's the minimum and yes. he's like i think you're shutting yourself off from too many gigs i i i turned down an offer i turned down two offers one was like a like a 1200 or something yeah. and then one was like um like they called and they were i had already played this club once and they called and were like hey this is a fallout now like some guy mm-hmm. was gonna do it and can't and they were gonna give me like below the lowest pay and then also we're like make sure you you rent a car like we won't 
pick you up and i was like, <laughs> like you're making this real clear for me yeah i was like nah you can definitely pass on that shit and and i wasn't at a position where it's like i don't need it like i could have used yeah. the work but uh-huh. i was like i'm not def- definitely not taking that you know what i remember um a couple times happening though what? was getting uh some writing gigs yeah. like, i used to i got a few comedy central pilot writing gigs yeah i remember for, writing for jonah ray for something with jonah i did ray. i did write on one of those uh on jonah's with kumail and a couple other guys and then they had me write on a these aren't weren't like scripted scripted shows like narrative shows but like you know tosh type shows yeah the tosh type shows and and like you know talk, host talk show types with bits mm-hmm. in it i wrote on probably three or four of those and i remember like a couple writers including one that was like the head writer was like dude like you definitely don't want to keep doing stand-up really yeah and i was like oh well why he's like i mean you think you're gonna make it as a stand-up he's like just try to do this and <laughs> and he goes like nobody makes it as stand-up what like, if they have any memory of saying that to you now and I feel wonder. bad or if it's all when they see you like i always knew you were gonna be good <laughs> i'm a, but they were both uh two guys were it was odd that they were in a weird way kind of like trying to be helpful yeah. you know they're like they realized that i was new to the writing thing so they were like hey you got to commit to this yeah man they go just uh just i'll figure when this is over because this is a, a pilot thing this will be over in a few weeks you know if you give me your info and i think i could probably get you on to something else like you oh. need to it's time to get serious about life you know <laughs> david taylor said he once got great great advice writing for just look offensive and they wrote the pilot and they shot the pilot and then uh it didn't go well um for Jesselnick's? yeah and then they were like, okay, we're picking the show up because we're so in bed with Jeselnik. Yeah. But they were like, we're going to totally revamp it. Like, we're, it's not at all what this show is. Let's rethink what the show is going to be from mm-hmm. scratch. But we're picking it up, which is like, clearly, like, they were in bed. Like, we want to be in bed with you. And so they sat there in their office for like an hour or two. And all the writers were outside. And Taylor eventually was like, should I go ask them if we should leave? And some old writers were like, no, 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 no. He goes, they're mad. Do not give them a face to yell at. Right. To fire. He goes, let's just, this is just, let them talk in there. We'll sit here until we have to not sit here. Right. And they was like, he was like, oh, yeah, I guess that's smart. <laughs> yeah. I remember on those pilots with um, Comedy Central when something wasn't going right. Yeah. And they just basically go, just sit here and, and wait. Head writer would leave the room. Yeah. And come back and be like, that whole bit. They shit on the whole bit, and it was an approved bit before, but it would be like his own battle with the network. You know, the right. head writers would like they would talk, and the rest of us are just like just surfing the web for six <laughs> hours. Because then you go like, what What should we do right now? I mean, it was new to me. Fill your time, yeah. yeah. Just, just fucking sit here. Yeah, BJ Novak wrote a fucking book while he was sitting at the, in the background of the office. Who did BJ Novak? He wrote that book. Well, I think so. There, really? Because he had to sit there. He's like, you be in the shot. You got to be in the shot. He's like, well, I'm in front of a computer. That is and amazing. And he's like, I'll just write something. And that guy's a winner. That's a Harvard winner. Yeah, yeah. He's, yeah. A, brain, he's a brain yeah. for sure. Yeah. What jobs, what are the, like, the worst jobs you've had? Not even in Hollywood. But like, what are the, like, <sighs> I worked at a cemetery once. You did? Arlington National Cemetery. I worked at Splash, the relaxation spa. What is that? It's like hourly rental hot tubs in L.A my first job really yeah like people bring hookers in really yeah on third street it's gone now but, uh, <laughs> what'd you do well i i went there because i <laughs> i thought spa would be cool because i like actual spas yeah so i thought oh like a spa i'll work at a spa 
You know, I mean, I was 22. Yeah. And I go, you know, what, fold towels and be like, hello. And it smells like eucalyptus all day. It's fucking great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then, like, right away, like, people rent these by the hour. And uh, you clean up their their jizz and everything. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> two weeks. Oh, I said two weeks, though. What do you mean? You cleaned up, do you use, like, solid floating jizz? Um, well, you just, you'd see, like, condoms just on the ground. Um, and oh. you, you had a mop and spray things, and you just cleaned. It was gnarly, man. It was pretty gnarly. I remember um, people would also, they had a policy where all parties had, like, a, you know when you go to a restaurant, like, is everybody here in the reservation? Yeah. And you go, no. And they're like, well, you have to wait. They had the same policy. So, Matt, people... You can't would, wait for somebody to get, like, seductive. Guys would be really nervous. Like, sometimes it would be couples. You know, yeah. it, was, it was more infrequent, but it would definitely happen. Oh, this will be, like, a fun thing to do. More often than not, it was somebody that hired someone. So, those guys would be super nervous in the lobby. Yeah. You know, it would be kind of like, uh, can I just get in the room? And you'd be like, is the whole party here? No, you can't. Because no. they're, like, wife's at home, and they're trying to meet some gay dude they're gonna fuck or they're just yeah i get yes there was there was definitely that um i remember one time this this one guy was like can i just go to the room and i go no have to wait till everybody's here and he's like come on man i could see how like i was like <laughs> was sorry man it's like the policy because the guy reinforced it the guy the owner you know and i go i'm sorry it's policy and then these two guys walk in and he's like mario yeah he's like are you kevin yeah, yeah. are you kevin <laughs> yeah and then they kind of like shook hands and three guys walk in there and they were less than 10 minutes. Really? And then they just all walk out, you know? And then you just go in there and there's a few used condoms. and Wow. Yeah, it was gnarly. Wow. How'd you quit? Um, I just realized this is like, uh, this is not, it's seedy, it's gross. Yeah. Uh, the owner, you know, also too, you ever have bosses where seemingly normal and then when they lose their shit, you go, uh, this is not for I'm not going to be talked to or work with somebody like this. So he lost his shit on me one time. And I was, I just looked at him like, you've got to be fucking kidding like, me. No, we're not going to be doing that. Yeah. I'm, I'm, so I just called him the next morning. I go, you know what? I got another job. And he was like, okay. And he, and he was subdued by that point. All right. Well, you know, uh, good luck with that. And I, I'm sure it's, he was the kind of guy you, you got the impression that that happened to <laughs> plenty of times. Time. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's probably run through a it's thousand like here it comes again. But yeah, he had one of those flare up tempers and I go like, no, nah, dude, it's not, it's definitely not going to be like that. So I just, I bounced, man. How much were you making? I really don't remember. It was probably, it wasn't, you know, six something an hour. It might've been, it was probably... Ten. 10, 12, or something like That's that. Good. I think they had a tip policy too for like people who could tip. Really? Yeah. I think. Do you want to get in the room early? Yeah. Jars right there. Tip. So it was, it wasn't, you know, really money you could live on. But again, it was almost immediately after getting to LA. I did do, I'll tell you though. Where'd you come from? Phoenix? No. No. I was, Cincinnati? after I graduated college, I went to Boston for a summer and then I worked in DC for three months and then I moved out to LA. What'd you do in DC? I worked for America's Most Wanted. Really? Yeah. I was an intern there. In a recreationist? Um, I, uh, I was a researcher. Really? I actually did a full episode. I, I am on an episode. Really? Yeah, doing um, tracking someone in Costa Rica. I was the... Uh, what do you mean? What, you went to Costa Rica? Yeah. What? Yeah, I went with to the... To try uh, to find them? Yeah. And we, we did like a whole piece on this, uh, this child molester that was like some horrible fucking guy that... We profiled, yeah. Did you find him? Not, I mean, 
after they hired me after I moved to LA for that one. So I moved to LA and then they called me because I had pitched, I think I pitched his episode and then I moved to LA and they go, we're going to do it now. And you speak Spanish. Do you want to go? And I was like, absolutely. Cause I didn't even have a job. Right. So they flew me to Costa Rica and then we did spent like a week there. That's nice. Yeah, but I mean, it was also depressing as shit. Why? Poverty? Or you were looking for a child molester? Well, I was looking for that, and then like speaking to some of like, his, his or other um, victims of abuse. Like this one girl, she was living now in like a, what do you, what do you want to call it? Almost like a half, like a safe house for people that had been abused, you know? Yeah. So she's in a much better, she was in a much better place. But she told me this story on camera of her uncle raped her and then when she gave birth he showed up broke both of her arms in the hospital and took the baby what yeah and i'm sitting here like how do journalists oh uh how do journalists get through interviews because i'm weeping during the interview and trying to hide it and she's speaking to me like i have tears running down i'm like like trying to main like compose myself like journalistic yeah yeah I, I don't know how do you ask these questions without god damn yeah it's it was horrifying fuck um, broke so that, both her arms yeah man broke her arms both of her arms who is she miss pet <laughs> <laughs> it's terrible man and by the way uh when all this happened she was 13 13 or 14 mm. yeah because he wanted her, his baby back he just wanted i think he just wanted to uh, torture, make life hell for her. Jesus know? Christ! Which he did, but she ended up getting her baby back. But this was—he wasn't even the the uh, the person we were profiling. Who's just another guy you came across? We're like, he was just You're a story on our guy of of like because we were showing that Fuck. that that's one of the sex traffic and and sex abuse capitals of the world because everybody Costa Rica. Yeah, that's the thing is it was kind of hidden. People didn't always thought of the south pacific or oh, yeah you know. costa rica everyone says you can go there all the women are hot and cheap and, and like, there's prostitution is yeah. legal so it's not looked down upon but there also is an underage problem but this was a guy who was just like molesting boys and and the thing was that because the judicial systems really you know lacks in a lot of central american Third world places yeah. yeah this is one this is a guy who got arrested for it there I think he paid someone like $300, you know, and then and got, got on off? a flight. Well, just got on a flight and left. So that's why we were profiling him. They were saying, here's a guy who deserves to be behind bars. He, he fled a third world country, but let's, you know, let's get him back yeah. in jail. Damn. Yeah. It was the kind of thing where if he had committed those crimes and been arrested here it would be over it would be over 300 bucks won't but, do that yeah but he got out of it down there and they were they wanted to make sure that people knew about it you know Damn. i can't believe i forgot his name too i have no recollection of his name did you ever get him i don't know i remember watching the episode air and i don't remember getting a follow-up call from them like we got him but it how, many, was, how many of those people catch they got so many people that show i'm telling you that um, the world owes that that show uh, a debt of gratitude because it is responsible for putting for people behind bars. Hundreds. Did you see Norton and Sam running out uh, Nancy Grace? You know, I I was sent the YouTube clip mm-hmm. and I I was a few minutes in watching it 
and they were they were putting her to it. And uh, I, I could t- sense the tension. And it's one of those things where I got a phone call or something during it, it, and I forgot to watch the rest. There was like there were. She was. I think her point was like, "What Adam Walsh did it," and they were like, "No, he was trying to catch people. You're just profiting off pain." Yeah, like he, he wasn't trying to like. I hope there's more stuff. Yeah, you, she was like, "Well, I can get fucking three weeks of coverage out of this, right? Fucking rape case. We're not even really trying to find who did it, right? I'm just like making everybody upset." And did she just storm off? Stormed off. Got her backpack red backpack that's all i remember and stormed off but they were like that was like their first day as a team together <laughs> sam and norton hilarious yeah <laughs> so <laughs> many like, people dislike her really they do yeah i remember she was like shitting on like uh, legalized marijuana in colorado she's like there's gonna be a crime wave that's what she said there's gonna be a crime wave and then like two months later she goes see i told you this crime wave and people are like wait what what crime about? wave i remember the what uh crime wave the dueling nancy grace video where she goes, I was, uh, I'm going to tell you something, I was a defender for, I don't know how many years, marijuana is not a dangerous crime. And then it freezes, and then it plays her. Now? They go on, like, marijuana is the most dangerous. As a prosecutor, <laughs> I can tell you marijuana is so dangerous. And it's just her. What a fucking fake. Once you see yeah. a phony, you like, can't even unsee it. So like, funny. Fucking phony. And she, yeah, you could tell, she seemed to be on her show, um, People love having, you know, being self-righteous, but when it's about, like, she would say things like, you know, kidnapping is a terrible thing. You're like, yeah, no shit. Yeah. Like, it's not as... Oh, she's taking a stand. Yeah. <laughs> and she would, that would be half the show is her lecturing rapists or something. And you go, okay, great. But what uh, John Walsh did, I mean, he went through the most horrific thing that anybody could ever go through, losing a child like that to a horrible crime yeah and then turning it into being the i don't want other people to have this too yeah he's a you know would made a made his life about capturing fugitives it was a fun show to watch too it was great to watch and there's one you know one this time man got, is a bad man <laughs> it, yeah it got canceled and there was such a blowback from the listeners they brought really? it back oh really yeah one point, like, yeah. what do you not want to catch fucking criminals they caught 700 guys on this show jesus christ um and then now then it morphed into where it went away then he did uh i actually was an intern on a show called final justice which was a spinoff and then uh cnn did the hunt which is basically america's most wanted but it's just on cnn now um was it with adam walsh no john walsh adam was the son yeah so john walsh uh is the um the host yeah i don't know if that's still on but yeah, man. I mean that that show that show did a lot. They, they got Whitey Bulger from that, even. You know? Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it wasn't just like molesters, right? It was like just they criminals got in general. All kinds of fugitives. Just a lot of bad fucking dudes, man. <laughs> a lot. Hey, is that what do you think that is? That picture? Um, I know what you think it is. What do you think I think it is? Isn't it a lady's leg spread open? Well, for sure it's that. But which lady? Oh, which lady? Oh, that's interesting. Is that Princess Leia? That's what I'm thinking. You know, I, Princess Leia ready to take it from Jabba the Hutt, which probably would have happened, by the way, if that was a real movie. Yeah. He would have definitely given it to her. If um, fucking Luke didn't show up. Yeah. Like an asshole. What do you think it is? Not, not a lady with her legs spread open? No, no, I know, man. I, I, I definitely think it is. It's Princess but, Leia. But isn't it, it's the kind of version of that that you can display without it being, it's You don't funny show how, the actual slit. And it's, it's subtle enough. It's not... I don't. It's not. You know what I mean? Like it's vague. Two colors. Yeah. Where you go? Oh yeah, you can display that. And she's definitely either getting an exam or about to get it. 
I mean, she could. Yeah, it seems like she's about to get it, or like somebody like you don't see. There's a head about to pop up between her legs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, someone's doing work down there. <laughs> I mean, it could have been. I just got out of the shower. And I'm watching TV in front of the fireplace. That's true. Have you ever stayed the the, the condo in Edmonton? Uh, uh-uh, I've never been to Edmonton. What? Never. Oh. Oh, why? The guy wouldn't book me for. Oh, because you did the other room once. No, that's different. That's even Calgary or something. I don't know. That's crazy. I saw him on an elevator in Montreal. He's like, why don't Brunson? you play in my room? I go, you have, would not offer. I've asked to go to your room. And he's like, that's going to change. I still never heard from him. Really? Oh, that's yeah. nuts. But anyway, they have a fireplace in the condo. And, um, and man, you got a shower and just let your balls like just dry off in front of the fire. It's great. It's great. Yeah. I, I was, uh, when I was living in the South Bay, yeah. I work out at this gym. They had like a lot of old dudes. And so many of those guys would dry their assholes and their balls in the dryer. And I'd never... What do you mean? They would walk up to a hand dryer and oh. bend over and have their assholes <laughs> spread <laughs> to the point where I go, I got to try this, man. <laughs> it seems like it'd probably be a good idea. Yeah. But it just seems like, no, I have to have nobody here. Privacy is like Like imperative. I would install a hand dryer in my bathroom at home. And do it there, but never in. Or a I've fucking... taken a hair dryer since and just really? it. and it feels good to have it on low, oh, have yeah. a nice warm breeze on your on your yeah with the diffuser, <sighs> yeah, <laughs> on your little juicer. Um, what do you? Uh, what is your worst job? Um, now, by the way, just what? to make it clear, that America's One was not not a bad job. Yeah, yeah I wasn't yeah, saying yeah, that yeah. as in bad. Yeah, my worst job was. I mean, I worked at. Arlington National Cemetery, worked at Domino's, but I enjoyed both of those. Really? Was Domino's okay? Yeah, Domino's was fine, man. I stole so much from them. <laughs> I mean, I stole so much. I would, did I ever tell you my scam with that? No. So it was 30 minutes or you get $5 off. Right. So a lot of times I'm getting the pie at 32 minutes. You know, do you already know this is so a free you already delivery? Know. Yeah, it's free deli- not free, but five dollars off. Five they couldn't do free anymore because somebody got killed with a Domino's uh, guy wreck rushing, and they're like, no more of that. So it's five bucks off, which is fine, you know. Right, and, uh, pizza might be what ten, twelve bucks. Yeah, I think it might even been three dollars off. Yeah, but let's say five. And so sometimes I would get the pie. They said anytime you get the pie after twenty five minutes, just yeah. call it free. Yeah, just call it. I mean, three dollars off, five dollars off. Excuse me. Mm-hmm. So I'd get it at twenty six, you know, and then sometimes I get there in like two minutes. And I'm like, well, then, I mean, I'm here in time. Yeah. It tells you the exact time the order was in. It's like, you know, 2.01, and it's like, it's, it's, it's 2.30 now. It's 29 minutes. And so then I just wouldn't tell them. And then I would tell the, the store. That you were late or whatever. Yeah, yeah. here's the 10 minus 3. What, what was the range of tips? I averaged about $2, $2 plus. We were, lived in, we were in Potomac, Maryland, uh, which that was or, or we, or around there, White Flint. So it was like, they had some rich people. They also had some poor ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, never had that lady. I was, when I was trained, I was like, so some ladies going to be like, come in and can I taste your special sauce? Like that. Yeah. Never even, cl- I mean, looking back though, I was a virgin. I might not have known what that sure. would have been like. But man, what about now? What you think about doing it now? I, I would, I would, if somebody's like, you, you want to come in for a second? I mean, you'd crush it now. You also have the confidence of being a grown man. Well, I've had sex before. Sex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But also, I'd have to have a confidence of being a grown man as a pizza delivery guy. Right. <laughs> a 42-year-old pizza delivery guy. It's kind of great that for you to do it now yeah. where you don't even need the job. Maybe I should do it. Yeah. That'd be a fun job. Absolutely. When I'm in LA, just yeah. daytime shifts. Do it a few times, 
bring a GoPro maybe the third time. A hidden camera. Yeah. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. I got about two bucks an hour, but then that, that those, and then they paid you uh, uh, miles too, 15 cents a mile. Oh, great. Which was more than your gas and maintenance. Which so it was wasn't nice. the worst. No, not at all. And I would sit there listening to Orioles games. I like being in the car alone. Yeah, me Same too. thing when I deliver flowers, just listen to games. The most depressing, by the way, sitting in the car, I was a messenger for like a month in LA. Yeah. You know when- A messenger for uh, like a UTA type place? Uh, stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, just people driving things across town. That was super depressing. Why? Because I remember they had a really- confusing pay scale it wasn't you're getting this an hour or you're getting this really small fee uh then we calculate miles between drops plus this minus this one of those really obscure and you where it's confusing you go how much am i getting well once you add this and subtract that multiply it by then you'll fit and i remember one week just driving every day all over town and you're sitting and it'd be like rush hour and they go traffic santa monica get this to burbank and you go oh my god and it was just and then that first check was something like 125 dollars for the week yeah oh "Oh my god because they don't count traffic time as time it was yeah no yeah exactly miles or nothing get it there and it was so depressing did you remember being so broke making so such little money Mm-hmm. And you're like, well, I need it, but fuck, how am I going to get by on this? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God, so much. I remember also, you know, calling manager, agent, like, dude, I need I need a gig. Because <laughs> yeah. um, I would calculate, I just paid rent, yeah. I just paid this, and that bank account balance is so low. Were you hand to mouth? Well, I mean... You know, I had floating four or five credit cards with yeah. varying degrees of, I mean, in super, like, not crippling debt, but in debt as a feature act for a couple of years. Making a max of 600 bucks a week. One time I remember by, um, doing Hartford, Hartford Funny Bone. Yeah. Because I took every offer that first year that came in. Any feature, I just took it. And I remember 600 bucks is the week and the... The flight was something like five fifty, so uh, I put oh it. My God. That's a connecting. It's not that I was taking oh like the God. the uh, the route that oh you know this is. You would look for the cheapest one possible. I was, and it was you know you had to connect here. I got there, so my net was fifty bucks, but I still owed my agent sixty bucks. I mean, oh, because that was the ten percent fee. Then? That was. I mean, the cool thing was I remember my both of them were were really cool. I have to give them credit for they were like i had friends who'd say like after feature work monday they would be they would get a call hey man have you sent that in yet and i go both of mine never did tj that. who's always cool tj and josh like they would never say hey do you have that 60 bucks <laughs> they would um they would basically they basically would say things like for people who don't know you know you you owe 10% of what you get paid yeah so if i was working let's say two weeks out of the month, I made $1,200 for the month. As long as I sent something in, like maybe I would send in... 50 bucks? Yeah. They they go, you know, something's coming in. They were never rushing me, pushing me to go, hey man, we need you to get even right now. Yeah. You know, I mean... Especially the low-level ones. I had this guy, Ben Feigen, remember him? Uh-uh. He was a manager, but he, wa- he was like probably my worst manager of like the two or three I had. But like, he was always like, yeah man, I mean, I want... 
you're supposed to pay me for everything. And he was like, so like, you don't want like stuff I get for opening for Rogan? He goes, yeah. Of that course is I do. not cool. Like what? But I was but, doing it for him beforehand. He yeah, goes, and you have no part in that. Yeah, no part in it. And then, and then he was like, uh, he was like, dude, we're a team, which that kind of made sense. Like mm-hmm. everything we do, I'm a ten percent, you're a ninety percent as a team overall. But then he was like, not getting me anything. Right. We do that thing where he said, I can show you the stuff I've submitted you for. And towards the end, I wanted to be like, do show me enough of this. You can, you can show me. Do what was the firing like? Have oh, I'll fired? tell you that in a second. But but he goes, he goes, yeah, I should get some of that Rogan money. And he goes, uh, you know, if it comes time, we can renegotiate that. And I was like, do not call him. Tell me right now. You will not call him or his manager and ask him for more money. Please tell me right now. And he's like, well, I just think. I'm like, do not call him. He is paying me more than anyone pays. Do not call him. Oh, yeah. That, that's. I mean, the comedy okay. store had that all the time where managers would call in and try to, like, like push Mitzi. And she's like, give them no spots. She's like, you're not going to overrun me. Some fucking wow. manager, agent. Fuck you. She goes, I'll give spots to who I think is worth it. So if you're representing your client, your client's just been represented as a bully. So goodbye. Wow. Yeah. Um, the firing was, I finally decided I need to get rid of this. Uh, I went to Montreal uh, to a nasty show. First year in Montreal. Did you ever go as a new face? Mm-hmm. Okay. I know they wouldn't take me as a new face. They told me to stop trying. What, what year did you go for your, what was your first year? 2007 maybe? Yeah. That was my new face year. Oh, really? Yeah. I wonder if I saw it. Hmm. Um, I think I was, my new face, I think it was Schumer, Nikki Glaser, Matt Bronger. Oh. I was thinking of the class. Might have been 2006 then. But um, oh, that's nice. It's a good class. I think so. It really does open things up for you. Even if you don't crush it, you're still part of the system now. Yeah. But um, Now it's weirder though. Yeah. So he didn't go to Montreal. He was like, ah, eh, you know, I don't need to. I'm like, come on, man. It's my first big thing. And then I got back, and he was like, let me see your stuff. So he came to the comedy store, and I had this bit about shitting on a bridge in Australia. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's like, I don't know, man. It's just like, it's a shit joke. Yeah. And I was like, oh, just so you know, for that thing that I needed you at that you didn't go to, that was the main thing. The industry was like, oh, I love that. That was so funny. Mm-hmm. And so like, I'm having this moment in my head as he's talking to me yeah. where I'm like, uh-huh, uh-huh. I'm getting the cold sweats outside the comedy store. Because it's like, what the fuck? And then I'm like, in my head, he's talking, and I'm going, uh-huh. In my head, I'm having a full conversation, like, well, I'm going to have to drop him. Yeah. I don't think I can work with him anymore. And he was going to get me a meeting with the half-hour people Yeah, to, to like give me reviews on my half-hour submission. So I waited till after that. And then uh, and then later, when I did drop him, he was like, oh, so you waited till after I got you that meeting, huh? And I was like, yeah, man, it was the one thing you did. And honestly, well, who cares? Yeah. You were already going to, like, yeah. All you had to do is fucking say, hey, you're on. With yeah. whatever but uh the way i did it was i decided i don't want to go into a new year with this as my manager so i called december 20 20th or something um 15th whatever it was and they're like uh hi we're on break until uh you know january 3rd so uh please leave a message for whatever and i was like fuck and then i called back i was like hey man i don't i don't want to do this anymore i think we got to go our separate ways and he called me like january 25th he was like what the fuck is this message I'm like, you're just getting it now? From a month ago? Yeah. And he was like so mad that I did it over voicemail, which is like, I guess I shouldn't have, but yeah, eh, fuck him. Did How should do I have done it? Yeah, I think he does. What, for, what company was it with? It was Anonymous, I think. Okay. But it was just like, this is worthless, man. We're not communicating or something, but like, there's no point to this. Yeah. There's no point. Yeah. I've made you no money. <laughs> Every time I bring up an idea, you're like, nah. Like, so what are we doing? Right. There's, there's nothing there. Yeah, I, I like it when somebody's like, hmm, let's see how we can tweak that to make it happen. Sure. Instead of go, oh, I'm not saying it. <laughs> like, what? Chemistry, man. You can't fake yeah. it, you know? It's got to, you got to, 
You got to have it with the, the person you're working with. <laughs> He's so mad at me. He saw me later at the store. He's like, you dropped me over a voicemail. I was like, quick and mad about that. You have, have you seen him lately, lately? No, not in the last couple of years. Oh. You ever have to drop anybody? Oh, yeah, I know you have. Yeah, it's uncomfortable. It's hard. It's terrible, man. It's hard, too, when it was a good relationship for a while. I know, it's terrible. Um, do you, uh, by the way, I, I can't get this out of my head, that you know when you have, when you prefer taste-wise the less sophisticated version of something? In other words, somebody goes, let's get Starbucks, and you go, Starbucks, garbage. Let's get gas station coffee. Well, no, they go, they shit on Starbucks. Like, let's go to this. Oh, a third wave coffee shop. The Yeah, the yeah. new, the cool. Uh, when you say Domino's, yeah. I still prefer Domino's thin crust pizza what? to a sophisticated wow. Italian. I mean, Domino's had an ad campaign saying, we know we sucked. Yeah. We have made a new recipe. Yeah, and I haven't had it in a long time. Really? But their thin crust, to me, I think it's because maybe it's nostalgia. Yeah. You go, oh, right. This is the pizza. When I had a pizza party as a kid, <laughs> you, you had Domino's. Domino's thin crust. That Domino's thin crust, to me, I'd prefer it over some, you know, $20 like specialty yeah. Italian, like, oh, Napoletano. That's how I started, with Jerry's Pizza or with Domino's, maybe Papa John's, $8 or seven ninety nine, one mm-hmm. large, one topping, mm-hmm. you know? And then I would get to this stuff. It's like $25. Yeah, it's crazy. Like Mulberry Street Pizza. I'm like, what are you fucking artichoke on your pizza? Get out of here. Yeah, I don't want that shit. I like yeah. pepperoni pizza, dude. Pepperoni. It's a flat topping. That's the way to go. And I love thin. Thin, thin, thin. Really? Yeah. So my brother liked uh, Nuthouse Pizza. It was kosher pizza in, in Maryland. Mm-hmm. And when he co- came back from like Zurich or Germany, he was like, he was like, oh, I can't wait to get Nuthouse. I'm like, Michael, it sucks. He's like, no, it doesn't. I'm like, it's just salt and fucking dough. Yeah. And he's like, Does no, he it still doesn't. live in Zurich or no? Yeah. yeah. Damn. Yeah. He might have moved to Germany now. No, I think he lives in. Zurich. Is he fluent in now in multiple languages? Yeah. Must be. Yeah. What, he gets German? by pretty good. German, Swiss, maybe some French. Because Switzerland speaks three countries. Is he working banking or something like that or no? Something like that. I don't know. I know he wears a suit. Wow. That's about as much as I know. And do you folks get to see him? They went to visit. They might be visiting right now, actually. And then he comes to visit like every year or so. Is he, He's a family guy, right? Or no? Yeah, he's got, he's got two kids now. Two kids, yep. Yeah, it's weird. He's such a fuck up. I, so both of us, and then uh, yeah, he's he just really got it together. I'm like, fuck. You both are like killing it, man. Oh yeah, I guess so. Your parents must love that. They liked it when I was like on TV and stuff. Yeah, like commercials and stuff. Like, oh, maybe you're okay. Yeah. But even my success is still a fuck up to a religious Jewish family. Sure. My mom once was like, when I went to HBO and I took my dick out, <laughs> she was like, "Why do you have to do those things?" <laughs> She's like, "I told yeah. all my friends to watch, and then you." Your penis Come on! <laughs> I was like, no, it's HBO, man. It's a giant thing. Is your brother religious? Nah, he married a non-Jew. Oh, they got that. They kills them, right? Kill mom or no? Sort of, but they already have kids from the other ones. Okay. Two girls. They're okay. Also, he was a fuck up enough where they're like, good, you got somebody you settling, got settling you down. Yeah. What's the What's the worst job you had? Was it that sweeping up jizz? No, not actually. That was. I mean, if I had done that for a long time, that would have been the worst. Yeah, yeah. I, re- I remember one of the first jobs I had was doing construction oh, in sucks. the summer. Oh, that sucks. In Florida. Oh. In new or renovated um units, apartment units yeah. with no AC. And I was doing um tiles on the floor. So doing grout and tiles. Man, pouring sweat. I I can't even describe it. And and <sighs> you would have to you'd have to take a break to breathe in other words <laughs> really well yeah because you'd get so on the on the hottest days with like you know 110 percent humidity oh yeah florida you're on the ground and you're just 
man, you're, you know, you're on your knees, so the heat is just kind of, I don't know, it's, it's, it feels like it's melting you. You're dripping onto the grout, which is not supposed to get Fuck. more wet, and you're cleaning it, and you just go, I need to stand, I need to stand outside where it's 100 <laughs> for a second. And um, I mean, that was really, and I, you know what I used to remember, I remember about that, was just how great you would sleep. Afterwards, after being worn out. Dude, I would go to bed. I mean, I'm a teenager at the time who can How old were you? How old were you? 18. Okay. And uh, I pass out at like 9, 30, 10. And I would wake up at 6 because you start those those jobs early. But you just sleep straight through eight hours at night. Like it was not, your body was just recovering from, you know, dra- and then you, you have wheelbarrows and you know, you're lifting stuff, bring this over, haul this over there, yeah. drop that. You're just like. Were you in shape then? Um, Are you ever in shape? I've been in shape, yeah. Okay. I've been in shape. I got in shape. I started to get in shape sophomore year of college. I graduated in shape, and I actually got to L.A. in really good shape. What do you mean? Like, how much How much weight? Uh, like, 190. Oh, really? But, yeah. like, big? I mean, like, just Like, lean, muscle? Pretty lean, yeah. Yeah. Pretty lean, yeah. I was in pretty good shape. I can't, yeah. I got, it's it slowly, you don't put it back on overnight. Right, right, right. It's like the next year, you're 210. I worked out one summer, and it was like, I had like packs and like a little yeah. bit of six packs. Like, damn, I'd look at myself in the mirror. I was like, fuck, yeah, that's you're cool. Like sweating yourself. You're like, all right, man. Yeah, girls are coming to my dorm, and they open the door with no shirt. I'm like, hey, oh, oh. Yeah. It feels good. It does feel good. Too much work. Really? Like, so, for you now, like, you could, you know, you're a lean dude. You could just. I guess I could. You but, don't like, want to do it, right? Yeah, what am I going to go to the gym? Yeah. I mean, I guess I honestly could. I probably should. I probably could now that I'm done with the special after this. It's like I probably have time to like just go once, or twice a week, three times a week. You'll feel good. I know we I both will. Would in in a number of ways. I don't want to take jits again. You what? I don't want to take jujitsu again. Do something I like work. I never have like the desire for that. It was so fun. Really? Yeah. What's his name talks about it a lot too. Broken? No, Diaz. Oh yeah, he takes jujitsu. He goes like Sunday. You take the kid to the. Pub. I don't see how anyone could get him off them. Who do you think is fatter, the two of you combined or Diaz? Me and who? Kreischer. Who do you think is fatter, by the way? You or Kreischer? <laughs> What's your opinion on this? I really think. Okay, I'll tell you the, the whole. Because I know what the real thing is. Well, the real thing is actually it's it, I'll, it's it's very obvious. When this started, yeah. it was definitely me. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. But not now. Because you, you lost 20 pounds, 22 pounds, excuse me. And I think he's gotten fatter. Dude, I've been with him because it's so in his head now. Everyone's burst fat for his yeah. head. So he orders a fruit plate, a fruit cup to this on the side, but then he'll order two full meals. He's And he won't even eat his fruit cup. He'll just pick at it. Now, I will say this. In his defense and in like it's all not, In he his has, defense, it's not called defense. It's called defense. <laughs> <laughs> all he would have to do. Switch to water. For two weeks. Is that what you were going to say? Well, yeah. I mean, all he has to do is cut booze for like two weeks. Oh, cut, oh I thought you meant sort of Coca-Cola. Yeah, no. booze. But he's yeah. not, that's not possible with him. He just loves it. It's part of who he is. It's his personality. It's not that. It's the food. Booze is one thing. It's the food. I was in pretty good shape when I got that. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah. Oh, you kind of look like a toolbox, though. Well, I mean, you know. Yeah, that's a good. That's good. I mean, I'm... You cut, lean? Yeah, it was lean for sure. Dude, I'll show you one that you'll really think. You don't look like a bear in any way. No, not not in any way. You look like a quarterback, a high school quarterback. Right. It's like some kind of small town, maybe. Yeah. Big, but like, yeah. you fuck. <laughs> right. <laughs> Definitely down to fuck, 100%. Um, yeah, but but he is fatter now. I went to his house like two weeks ago, 
and I saw him, and I saw this pooch through his T-shirt. I go, "What are we doing?" I thought we were dropping. Pay. He's like, "Shut up!" <laughs> he, but when it started, it totally started as it started for as a total joke. Obviously, yeah. Never thinking it would take any take shape. off like that. Of course not. I, I thought, I thought because we do so many inside jokes on our podcast. It's just a hundred inside jokes. Dude, I see so many people showing up with Thomas Fat, Burtis Fat shirts. Yeah, well, Burtis Fat outsold. Thomas I'm Fett sure about eight to one. So, but every time I saw Burtis Fat, I was like, "You're wrong. It's Tom. <laughs> Thomas Fat." <laughs> well, the thing is, people because it's our podcast, a lot of them would just want to take my side. Yeah, absolutely. You and, started it. Yeah, and then they would go to him now. Without question, definitely He's was gained fatter. weight and you've lost weight. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Now, look, if we were talking about a body fat test, I don't know. Maybe I would be still fatter than He's, him. Is he taller than you? No, we're about we're basically the exact same height. But he's just, he's just, um, you know, I was about to say a machine, non, uh, no pun intended. But that's you know, he's a he's the all night guy. So yeah. his ritual for most shows is. Start drinking. Afterwards. Start drinking during the show. Oh, you know, yeah. at least during the second show, and then it's like hang out, bunch of food, bunch of booze after. But like every week, every week, I feel weird about those guys that go on the road and just have to drink instead of like I hey, just head back to your place, man, or I don't know, get a bite and go. This is a unique. Read. The mo- you don't understand how unique this week is to me just because I'm in New York. I am friends. always drinking. No, oh, off stage. Take me back. I want and I go. Why? To because it just feels like what I it just feels normal to me. I don't hang out. I don't go out. Even in New York, why? So why is it you? No, in New, in New York, I'm saying I've hung out. Oh right, I, right, I right. Went out. Okay, yeah. So, but like I don't normally do that. It's also unique. I don't think people appreciate, or maybe you do when you live here. But ninety nine percent of the time, when you're done with your late show, everything is closed in every <laughs> yeah, city. Yeah. So <laughs> is it amazing being on the road? You part of the in Kansas? Yeah, no, no, it's over, dude. It is over. Yeah. I mean, you're hoping to actually, find, get back in time for the pizza delivery place to. You're just like, is anything open? And they're like, what are you looking for? Yeah. Food. There's a drive through and that's it. That's what they're they like. Tell all you. right. Or, or I've gone to a gas station, like warm up a burrito. Dude, first headshot. Let's see. Wow. You look like Costa a little bit. That was. Um, wow. Yeah. How, what year was that? 2002. Damn. But Damn. that was. That Damn. was for acting. It wasn't. I was. I was. Yeah, you look to, serious as fuck, bro. Yeah, yeah, I know. But I was. <laughs> I, I wasn't even doing stand up yet. Are there any jobs you had that you were like kind of loved that you kind of wish if you weren't doing stand up? Like, I wish I was back there when I was, you know, eighteen or fifteen or oh, twenty two, wow. like working that again. That was a good time. I don't know, man. I, um, you know, I remember liking the company of certain places. I worked. Uh huh. The people around you. Part time at Granger, the industrial supply place. Really. Yeah, I worked there in Hickory, North Carolina. I heard they're I was supplying uh, the worst. Really, I was the worst employee because I didn't know. I'm so not technically or tool. that was in Hickory, North Carolina. Yeah, that's where Reap is from. It is where Reap is from, and I was working there. And I, I'm like, if you go, hey man, this broke. What do you think? I'll go call a guy. I don't fucking know. <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't know what a what a bolt is. I don't know any of that. And that's what that job is in detail. So people go, no, not a quarter bolt. Do you have like a one one eighth, uh, two four seven bolt? And you're like, <laughs> I want so to look it up. Every time somebody would say that, I wouldn't even know how to look it up. I'd go back to the back, and there's a guy named Bucky, and I would say, Bucky, this guy's looking for a one one four dash two eight bolt. And he's like, Come here, man. And he would go open the book <laughs> and show me like a child. How old were you? 
19, 20. <laughs> and he would go, so go in the warehouse, aisle three, down. And that, but those guys, I was, I just liked being around those guys. Yeah. They were, they were like a different breed of dude. They yeah. were all really blue collar guys. Blue collar guys are fun to hang out they with. They were fun to hang out with, man. And, uh, one of them killed himself. I remember. No that. way. Yeah, man, that was really fucked up. No it way. It was after I stopped working there, but I remember I heard that and I on purpose. Him. Yeah, he hung himself. Oh, and I remember. Here's the Imagine thing: I, throwing a rope over a beam, just that uh, motion, dude. Like I'm doing this. And you know what I went to in my memory? What the one time? Because I'm a college kid at the time. I'm, work, I'm in college when I worked there, so this is a part time job. And I remember these guys were all. So I'm 20 average age of these guys was 40 right maybe late 30s to mid 40s yeah so they're about 20 years older than me basically and one time he goes you want to go maybe i'd turn 21 or something and you want to go grab a beer and i go sure man yeah let's go have a beer you know and we just hung out and and had a beer and he talked to me about like how he 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 dated this girl and he really loved her and uh she was a single mom and he wanted to adopt her kid and he's like but like i don't think she wants to to date anymore like i don't think she wants to be together anymore oh and but he goes i really want it i I still just want to be in that kid's life i remember him telling me all that stuff i was i was a young man so i just remember feeling like wow this guy really like wants to to love somebody it's what it felt like and it just stuck with me that how much he, because he didn't express that at work. Right. It was like we were having this personal conversation. And then I think, um, I remember that second semester of senior year, I had to take 20 plus hours to graduate on time. So I had, Damn. that was the only semester I didn't have a job because I was taking so, so many classes. Yeah. And then I think it was shortly thereafter, I talked to one of the other guys and they go, you know, he, he killed himself. Over the girl? Well, it, they didn't specify why. Yeah. I just was, I just remember being, just keep remembering that I had this conversation with him where he was How long before did you have the be, conversation? Uh, I don't remember exactly, but it was probably somewhere within a year before oh. that happening, you know? In the movies, you always make it like, if you kill yourself, it's over something that happened. Right. But I think in reality, it's just like depression. I think it was just depression... And you could see he just wanted, you know, he wanted a, to connect more and he wanted to have this, wanted to be a part of a family, it sounded yeah. like, you know, I was just, damn, oh, man, it was uh, just gut-wrenching to hear. Blue-collar people are fun to hang out with, though. So much fun. They're, like, way more laid back. The chill, like, the, the steerage at, in, in uh, Titanic, you know, where they're all dancing and stuff and everyone's upstairs kind of, like, being too polite. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you want to go. Yeah, I did two sure. jobs. I did Arlington National Cemetery, and I did a golf course, a bag room and a golf course. And those were like the caddies and and the guys laying pipe at the cemetery. It's just like, oh, you guys are fucking degens. And we play at, at the Arlington National. We play spades mm-hmm. uh, at lunch. And while we got, if we got back at like four thirty, uh, one time we were back. We're done with work at four thirty. I just clocked out. And the boss is like, what, "What the fuck are you doing?" Yeah, I was like, "We're done, right?" He goes, "You clock out at five. I'm like, well, why are we sitting here? I mean, all right. But we're not doing anything. It's like, you clock out at five. So we just sat around. So we played spades. I mean, this one old man was telling us, like, 
he was like 60 or something. He was just in it for this next level of pension. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a government job. I made six thirty six an hour. And he was like, you guys ever get this thing? It's all black people, a couple Latinos. And then me, the Jew was like, what are you doing here? Mm-hmm. And it was like, uh, get this thing where your, your dick just starts dripping. And people were like, what are you talking about? Like, I just got semen coming out of my dick. Like, and they were like, were you having sex? He goes, no, it just starts dripping out. Semen just starts dripping. That's not semen. And we just mocked him. Yeah. Oh, yeah, looking back, I guess he had chlamydia or something. something. <laughs> At the time, I just thought it was an old man who couldn't like hold his semen anymore. It would just like come out. But yeah, he Fuck. also had the, the drips. Yeah. They I were remember, sh- mocking him to I his face. I remember one of the warehouse guys uh, at Granger was yeah. older, and I walked in the bathroom one time, and I just, I see someone's in the stall because they had a stall and a urinal, and I just open the door, and I hear him going, ah, <laughs> ah. And I'm like, and I start laughing so hard because yeah. I know it's him. I'm like, because oh he's really screaming in pain. From what? Well, that I just wait for him to get out, and I look at him. I go, "What the fuck is that?" He's like, "I got real bad hemorrhoids, man." And I didn't even know. I thought hemorrhoids were a foreign, you know. You can, like now, someone says hemorrhoids. I guess I process it more, you know. But to, to me, that sounded like some spatial kind of stuff, you know. But just him being in such pain was so, trying to take a shit. Trying to take a shit. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Early hemorrhoids sucks. I remember learning about black culture being with like on on the cemetery and stuff. Oh, really? Like black humor. Like yeah. like they would always do this repetition thing where it's like say a punchline. It's like any punchline of any dumb joke, shit across the road. Uh, to get to the other side. Ha! He said, yo, yo, he said to get to the other side. Oh, and yeah. Then, and then I would get another laugh. Yeah. Like, you would get a laugh off yours, and yeah. I would get a laugh of just repeating exactly what you said. I was like, and when I was happy, I was like, no, that's my joke. You all right. just heard me say the joke. Yeah. Hey, you said, hey. Oh, he said. Yeah. Hey, stupid. I remember in, <laughs> yeah. in college, this basketball guy, the, uh, if I was joking around and, like, trying to get on a roll on something... Yeah. They'd always be like, man, you stupid. Yeah. And I'd be like, why the fuck do you... I didn't understand <laughs> what the like the slang meant. Yeah. I was like, why do you call me stupid? I'm like, you're funny. I'm like, why then why stupid? And why stupid? Dude, I was, we were at the roast battle once. It was me, Renazisi, and Chappelle judging the roast battle. Mm-hmm. And, um, and uh, Chappelle said something. We were starting to get looser and looser throughout. Mm-hmm. throughout you know, Tiana was there too, but she just gotten blackout drunk. <laughs> she was like, put her head down. <laughs> so I was like, all right, fine. This is at the store? At the store, yeah, the best one. And, uh, and then he said something. It was like funny. And I remember he like looked back because I was laughing, like appreciative. And I was like, this is so stupid. And he just kind of like got a serious face. Like, what the fuck? Oh, and for real? Yeah. And I was like, I don't know if I read into it or not, but it was like <laughs> stupid. And he was like, hmm. Should have been like, no, no, black, stupid. Black, no, because yeah. I want to fit in with you. Yeah. Man, you stupid. <laughs> Did I not say the accent right? I remember that he said thing in, I went to public. He said. I went to public school in Milwaukee. Yeah. In the suburbs. But they had the. Why? T- we lived there. Oh. And um, they had this 220 program, which was they would bus in the inner city kids, which is just black kids. And so it became just a mixed school. But. All that shit was class all day. Was the black kids going like, man? He said, and they hitting each other, like falling over each other. Yeah, which you still see in clubs or just yeah, like falling over each other. Ah, doing the walk around and then coming back. Which, uh, by the way, Chappelle still does to this day on stage. 
on stage. Yeah, I can see through it now he, on stage. He, he uh, dropped the mic, hit himself with it a couple that's times. That's his move. Yeah. And um, I, I saw him Wednesday at yeah. the Gramercy, and he has sitting on a stool, says something, hits the leg. Hits the leg of the stool, yeah. He gets around it. Yeah, it gets up, walks all the way in a circle, comes back. Just like those kids in middle school did. It seems with him that it's almost a little bit on autopilot, where sometimes he'll just like see where he can hit the, the mic and hit yeah. it a couple times and then go back. But there's no like joy in his face when he's doing it. Right. It's almost like, now it's time to do this. Well, maybe it's, um, you know, it's so ingrained, so ingrained. In, in, in who he is now. It's it like, really gets the crowd going, too. They love it's it. It's almost like, oh, we're all in this together. Mm-hmm. I love that shit. He said... It makes you feel so good. Yeah. You're getting more jokes off your joke. He said he ain't going to go there later. <laughs> Dude, I had a guy at the cemetery, uh, one, of the, one of the guys in my little crew, mm-hmm. and we, had, we paired off. If we did a good job, he would put you on like magic wand duty, yeah. which means you could just like water the, uh, the flowers around the tomb of the unknown soldier, which is so much easier than t- picking up these big fucking long pipes, yeah. and you had to drop them in male to female yeah. and lay them down a whole... Like a whole like row like that, like on that field, mm-hmm. male to female, all the way down. They're hot. You have to wear gloves because they're baking in the sun. You know, yeah. you lay them and then you turn it on, and the water goes on. But like, and then you go to another one, turn the water off, pick those up, put them on a truck, drop those off, then pick up the first ones. But you get magic wand duty. It's fucking easy. Easy. Yeah. Or picking um, picking uh weeds, and then my friend Tommy, <laughs> he goes, oh no no, you don't gotta you don't gotta fill up this trash can. You just gotta get some get some uh, newspaper and ball that up, and then cover up the newspaper. And then it's like you picked a hole. And so we did that. And then he goes, let's just sleep behind these cars. That's the best. I mean, I learned how to be lazy from these people. I remember a PA telling me when I did some PA work in yeah. LA. I just got a random job. He goes, and he was an older guy. <laughs> he goes, so the key is, man. He's like, I know you're new to this shit. You got to look like you're doing shit. And that way no one asks you to do something. He goes, so you see that, that cable right there? Just pick it up and start wrapping it around. It looks like you're doing something. And that way, and I looked at him like, you're a fucking, just a scumbag, you know? Because he was Wrap a cable. Yeah, so he, no goes, he, goes, he, goes, yeah he goes, so you just do that and no one will, will ask you to do something else. <laughs> and that was his game all day. It yeah. looked like you're doing shit, you know? I was a site rep in LA for a while. What does that mean? That is where, uh, so like, let's say this hotel gives out puts this room on the market to shoot a tv or film in you had to make sure they didn't bust walls you were the 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 property the hotel hired a site rep company site rep company sends you to go dude you cannot drill a hole in this wall right and also you can't ruin the integrity in any way of this you kind of make sure you're just policing the property that's one of the laziest jobs you could do you there. just show up and you just sit, yeah. Like the medic at Doug Benson's uh, getting dug with high. He's like, oh, right. let me know if you need anything. Right, right. <laughs> But that's it. Yeah, that's basically the <laughs> yeah. same thing. Well, we're getting you an Uber, so nobody overdoses on weed, so you're fine. You're fine. But this black guy, he showed me this thing once. We were out at one of the fields, and we used to lay in the open graves for shade and stuff and like pretend like we were vampires. But he like showed me, he's like, all right, what is this? And he picked up his shirt, and I just saw the head of his cock over his belt. Like he would like put his dick up, and I was like, "What? Oh, dude!" <laughs> <laughs> he asked you, "What is this?" Yeah. But then I remember like did going you ever like, "Touch it?" Did you touch no, it? I didn't. <laughs> I remember going like, "How does he get it above your waistline?" Yeah. There was a first big human in your face dick that you saw. Like, got to be my dad's. Oh, your dad's. Got to be my dad's. The balls were so long. I guess I have dad's, the same now. My but dad's like, balls. Yeah. I remember seeing him from behind. Change. 
Yeah. And I just walked into his bedroom, <laughs> and he was like, he was just like taking it's his over. pants down. I was like, oh, it looked like pig nuts. They were so fucking enormous. Like, Dad, how do you fucking walk with those? Dad, no. Um, yeah. I remember going to the community pool. You know, there was like a community pool when I was a kid. Yeah. I was probably eight. And these teenage dudes were changing. They had bushes. And you're like, Jesus. I didn't realize that there's hair there yet. Yeah. You know? And you're like staring. Yeah. But not yeah. even a sexual way. You're just right. like, what the what? fuck? Yeah, it's like, you know, a little kid like points at someone in a wheelchair. Like, mm-hmm. mommy, mommy, look. Yeah. And the mommy's like, oh my God, please stop. Please stop. Exactly. Why is he fat? Yeah. No, 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 no. <laughs> no we don't we hide that adults don't share that yeah i guess if i had a job to go back to it would be either the cemetery or the golf course yeah we would just watch prices right yeah just scream or honestly you know what's even a better job phones at the comedy store working with jim uh, painter working with all those guys just hanging out i never had a job like that that could be hanging out, especially with people that you. It's all about the company, right? Yeah, somebody Caparulo would bring in his fucking uh, Nintendo. We'd hook it up, and, and Duncan was like technically our boss. Mm-hmm. So he's like, "No, you can't play Nintendo at work." And we're like, "Why? We're answering the phones." He's like, and he really subtext. He goes, "Cause I can't." Right. Right. Cause I got a fucking wait for Mitzi to call. Why are you guys having fun? Yeah. Cause fun was fun is ultimately what it's all about. It's all about that. Yeah. That's any college or any job. It's about like Dude, who your coworkers. Even now. The whole idea is to have fun. It's the re- like the best part of bringing. I learned this from Rogan. The best Bring part it. of bringing someone on the road is that it's someone that you can have fun with. So you don't get flack from the clubs of like who who you bring in. How can you bring? You can't bring a guy. Never. I'm just starting to a little bit get like okay, you can bring somebody. Oh yeah, no. Once once, I don't know. I, I it's you do better numbers than I do. Well, but it there was a there's somewhere but now there's definitely no way they could say that to you dude if you're if your tickets are moving yeah. even the positive direction you get you can just make it in your contract i bring a feature always i had the in dallas once mm-hmm. a temp not tempe whatever it's called addison i remember sean halpin wanted to open and he's from dallas mm-hmm. so i'm like can they do it I'm like i don't know we use locals i'm like okay but just so you know he's i had to like make the case i'm like he's from there yeah you're getting a professional comedy store regular yeah la comic he will draw people because he knows people there. Right. And he will stay at his parents' house. Yeah. So it's not costing you anything. Yeah. I'm like, you got to explain to me how he can't do it. Sure. And I asked him four months out, so it's not like you're going to bump any. I won't bump anybody, you sure. know? Sure, sure. And they're like, all right. I remember being, I remember the nose. The nose, yeah. Uh-huh. Sure, because that was three, four years ago. Yeah. They would go, I would say, I want to bring, and they were like, absolutely not. Well, some people ruin it. Like the Danes of the world who would bring like shitty comics, you know, or certain people that would bring like, or Eddie F, the guy who was like fucking around. Really? He'd bring that guy and he was like, yeah, it'll be fun. We'll make oh, fun of him. Oh, he'd bring the guy that lives yeah. on his couch or something? Yeah. And it's like, dude, that's not for the show. That's not the yeah. best thing. But like, it's like, I'm not going to do that. I no. want the show to be good. So I don't want to sit there with some 45 year old feature doing 28 minutes. Yeah. Like, no. come on. No, then the most upsetting part is they would put people on your show who you would go you never thought about this as a show right right you just thought about this this guy needs work or i want to give him work and right, this doesn't go with me at all doesn't go with me at all and you know or the guy that would do 20 minutes of crowd work before you and you're like dude you just made you're yeah. making me do a crowd work show it's almost like look as a comic do whatever you want right. but this is a show right so like when I was open for Rogan, if I had to deal with like a heckler, I would keep it real minimal. Occasionally, like I was like, 
almost my head. I'm like, Rogan, sorry, I got to deal with this. This guy's yeah, fucking yeah. really shitting on me. I got to yeah. like, but like generally it's like, I don't want to ruin the show for you. But I remember like Tripoli once we went on tour together, Yeah, me, him and uh, Rouse and, and Neff. Mm-hmm. And he would do this thing where you bring up like three people on stage. And you have like one guy doing karate, like yeah, 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 up and down the stage. Somebody else motorboarding a girl, and then someone else singing the Star Spangled Banner. And I was like, Triple, you can do that all you want. You got to go last. Yeah, you cannot do that in the middle or one from the end. No, it's just like no. that's the end of the show. That's a and that's a show ending. What did he say? He said, "Okay, yeah, that makes sense." Yeah. Makes I was like, sense. We're switching off, but let us know if you want to do that. That's fine. You just go last. That's totally fair. Though. Yeah, yeah. If you're a headliner who wants to do all crowd work, that's okay. Sure. If you want to do three minutes up front to get get going and get them on your side, five oh. minutes up front, fine. But like, MC, I had an MC that did crowd work. Really? Yeah, and I told him, I told him you can't do it at all. Crowd work? I go, dude. I go, this isn't a. If you were doing a ten minute spot on a showcase show, yeah. do whatever you want. I go, this isn't for me. You're making the feature act. I have to work. You're making him have to adjust to what you feel like doing. Yeah, I go. It, it, it shouldn't work that way. You're the MC. Start the show and do material. And he was shell shocked. I don't mind a little bit of crowd work, and then get into it. It's such a false start to be like, "Hi, you guys. I was at the store today, and I noticed." I agree with you, but I think if you're doing, if you're an MC and you're doing eight minutes of crowd work, yeah. it's not. I don't think. I don't think it's fair actually to the middle act. I yeah. really don't. I was in uh, West Palm with Jessica Michelle Singleton, and she just goes out just a straight like. Straight off jokes, and I was like, so "That's you never think to do like, hey, how you guys doing? What's up? Good to be here." She goes, "Man, why? Is that not much time right into it?" Yeah. She was like, "Is that wrong? It's not wrong. No, just like I, I just don't do that." But yeah, if you was, can get she, was going, she middling? It was just me and her. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I used to open just straight up material. I mean, at some point, it seems a little false, and three minutes in, yeah, three minutes in, it's like now they're in the mood. I did. Um, I remember opening for uh, Rogan and man people going like where's rogan oh yeah yeah exactly exactly yeah i i've asked a few people like like certain people they have a good scene like molly yeah oh hello is that the girl from curb enthusiasm kind of looks like her but it's not you sure yeah this girl's uh younger i can't look at her (laughs) like craning over to look christina just uh texted me are you are you an R? Are you going to talk about jerking off for two hours? No, not this time. That was the last podcast I did with you here. It was all masturbation stuff. That's a fun one. That was fun. Um, I just need topics. That's funny. Yeah, I should start bringing people. But anyway, like in Molly, I'm like, oh, that's fine. You have a scene. But like, please, get me like the best guy you have. You know? Yeah. Like, get the show going good. Oh, I want the strongest. Yeah. 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 I know. Um, you don't. You, when you emphasize that too, some it just depends on that that person kind of knowing comedy too. Yeah, the sensibility of the the book. Some of it's that. I've also had people like Brunson once. He put a, a black act in the middle and had like a more like alti act in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And he was like, "Is this the wrong order?" I'm like, eh, maybe, but you know, I don't know. And he goes, "Do you want me to switch?" I'm like, "No, no, 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 no. Do not switch because that's just me going. I want this switched." Yeah, and no, that the answer is do not do that. Do not put that on me. Yeah, like no, that's no. for you to choose before day one, right? Like, no. uh, uh-uh. um, you ever gotten fired from a job? Not like stand up, but like job, job. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What'd you get fired from? Oh, I did get fired from Domino's, by the way. Oh, you did? But you're like, you're always late. And I was like, 
uh, yeah. <laughs> They're like, you're not learning your route. And I want to be like, oh, I'm getting there on time. It's just, uh, <laughs> I was constantly just pocketing those $3. Yeah. What'd you get fired from? I remember the first time I got fired. First time? Well, I think, I think it's what, is it twice. It was bummer, man. Really kind of fucks with, fucks with you for a second. You, you feel like, feel like you're not fired? worthy? Yeah. I was in college. So it was part-time. And I went to work for uh, a company that makes grocery carts. Um, Exciting. Yeah. In their marketing division. And I worked for a complete fucking moron. This woman was probably 24, had no idea how to, really how to do anything, had no ideas. And I would basically label things and, and you know, envelopes, send them out. We're going to market to them. I was supposed to just be working with her. And I was like, this woman's completely incompetent. I remember thinking that you, for marketing, shouldn't you be like the innovative, you know, yeah. creative type? And I ended up fucking off a lot. I remember that I would go to the, the reception area where the receptionists were and talk to them. And, and, but they were like, you know, they were blue collar ladies. You know what I mean? Like yeah. there were, they were, they were fun to talk to. And I would sit there and shoot the shit with them. And I never knew what, I just remember one day they, they brought me in and they were like, oh, can you take care of this, this, and this? Like, just Who brought you in? Uh, I mean, I, I just came in for work. And she yeah. goes, will you do this? And it's just menial shit. You know, it was uh, $10 an hour stuff. And I go, sure. I do this. I put this package together, send it out this way. Uh, you know, f- put a sticker on this thing. Like, just dumb shit. Yeah. And then they go, can you come into this office? And it was her and one of her supervisors. And he was like, you know, um, I think we're going to let you go. And I go, really? He goes, yeah. I go, is there a reason? Well, I think we were expecting more. He's what he, I remember him saying that. And I'm like, I don't think I had the... The balls to like say, to well, say I'm not that, given anything. Or yeah, I, I wish I had said or even articulate that. I just was, I kind of just shell-shocked. Yeah, okay. Like, okay. I did do something really immature on the way out though. What? I, um, they had like an organized system for files and um you know products and and where things would be shipped and i went and i switched a whole bunch of them so that it would be impossible to find yeah and oh. and, and mislabeled a few things and that was my <laughs> revenge really, yeah that was my child what would you have said now if they fired you from that job now how would you have been like she's not doing anything oh my god if 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 me now was in that position i would yeah. say I have to have a, I have to sit with you for a moment and go over what my experience has been working for this person for the last three months. Also, because like you're out, so it's like yeah. I'm giving I'm letting you do, I'm, yeah. I'm scorching the earth before I, I, I go. want you to know that she's had me put stickers on things um, to to she's had me mail envelopes and that she's brought absolutely like we haven't even had. Uh, in conversations about marketing she's just had me do the most menial things and you're saying that i'm disappointing you not that this person that is on your staff an executive is completely out of their league and doesn't know anything about marketing and doesn't bring any marketing ideas to the person that me that works under her so you can go ahead and let me go i'm happy to go but i want you to know (laughs) she's garbage completely incompetent person working for you (laughs) yeah (laughs) <laughs> yeah 
<laughs> it sucks to get fired. Even yeah. at Domino's when I knew I was stealing, and I ran out of gas once, so it was like real late getting back. Oof, yeah. And then it was like, well, I mean, you're just not letting your root. It was like, yeah. And I was, yeah. I had a paycheck waiting for me. It took me like a month to get the courage to go back in and, yeah, to yeah. show my face. And I was like, when I did go back, I was like, hey, I'm here for the, like, oh, hey, yeah, it's over there. Like, no one even thinks about it. Yeah. No one cares. Everyone's in their own world. Yeah. I'm trying to think if I got fired again. I don't really remember, man. I did remember, uh, remember Chibo on Sunset? Yeah, I yeah. I worked there when it My, opened. When a girl I dated, her brother owned it? Yeah? Yeah, Sarah Reinhardt. Was her brother, hmm. And they had, the, they had the, also on Pache. Yes. Yeah. Wait, was her brother the executive chef? Maybe he was executive chef. The, it was something big in the company. Okay. Because there's two guys. One was the executive owner, the chef, partner, owner at Pache. And he was the actual chef guy, right? Yeah. And, and then there was the blonde, real tall dude who was just the business dude. Yeah. And the two of them. And the, the chef was such a volatile artist type, you know, like straight out of what the fuck central is this? cast. Oh, my God. Uh-huh. And he would come in to the restaurant on his cell phone. Well, what the fuck? <laughs> like screaming. <laughs> so unprofessional, you know? Like So terrible. So And it was always with his girlfriend. I was fucking there. What the fuck is your problem? Like screaming into the phone. And you're supposed to be like, oh, this is acceptable behavior. I'll wait till he sounds like, hello, yeah. so we need more sardines. Oh, my God. Um, but I remember, I remember working there when it opened, when it was just a sandwich. They just made sandwiches. Chibo? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they had pizza after that, right? Then they upgrade. I, I mean, went I went there I, once I, or twice. I worked there for a few months. Yeah, I, yeah. So they had a good happy hour. See, but before when it first that first few months that it was open, yeah, they were they did the minimum, you know, they, and they expanded afterwards. I don't. know. Is it still around? It might be. I think so. Yeah. Well, maybe not. I don't know. If it would, I wouldn't notice it'd be gone. That fucking chef was crazy, man. <laughs> oh, I remember this. I go. You know what I want to do? I, I had like this romanticized version of being a chef you know because i like so, i like cooking so yeah. i i was a counter guy taking orders you know heading people their food working the cashier and i told the guy like i want to learn how to do the kitchen stuff and he goes okay be here at seven tomorrow morning really yeah and i go all right and i showed up and i used to just every night just do bong rips for for before going to bed right and that like when I, that was like the routine but you know i always had that morning weed hangover yeah we're still kind of high but you're yeah. like worn out from Just it dragging cloudy yeah, yeah but it would wear off by you know 11 or noon or something but at seven you're like whoa so i would show up like Dude, what's up <laughs> and um i remember he told me to get he's like go in the kitchen get the um prosciutto and like slice, you know, like 40 slices of that or something. I go, all right. And I'm the worst at, will you grab that or will you find that? Like, I'm the guy who just, for everything my whole life, open six cabinets drawers. If you go like, Tom, find the, the cup right now. I'd be like, where is it? You know, like yeah. I have to be told. So I'm in that kitchen. I still in the walk-in freezer for like 10 minutes opening things and then tell somebody else I go, where's the fucking prosciutto and he's like in that drawer i fucking walk out and i start slicing 
And the chef goes, that's bacon. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> and I'm, I'm there a couple hours. And he goes, dude, you know, you're a smart guy. You're, you're a capable guy, but you really got to pick this shit up, man. You really got to pick it up. And I'm like, okay. I think I did one more day. And I go, I think I just want to go back to counter service. <laughs> I just was like. I'm, really? I'm yeah, done with yeah, this? Yeah. yeah. Which I kind of regret in a way. Not learning like how to really cook? Yeah, I feel like I could have, you know, I mean, obviously, when you really want to do something, you just do it. Yeah. So I, I don't think I ultimately really wanted to do it, but. Exactly. It's like when people are like, why don't you call me back or text me back? It's like, I'm sorry, I was so busy. It's like, yeah, but you texted some people back. Right. It's okay, but that just, you should understand that means you didn't want to You didn't want back. to. It's yeah. the working out thing, too, by the way. Yeah. If you, you would go, want like, to, you just do it. If, if to you, having the pecs and the abs means so much. Yeah. It just becomes what you do. Yeah, I don't miss spots on stage. Right. I, I, I mean, twice a year will I call the stand and be like, oh, hey, I can't do it tonight. I got something came up. Yeah. Like, I'm going to turn the heat up. Yeah. Um, yeah. What was I just going to tell you? I forgot just now. Yeah, exactly. I heard a, a thing. Uh, my This guy, Harris Petey, used to work the door at the store. He was also a practice goalie with the Kings. Mm-hmm. So he, uh, he got to know uh, Gretzky. So when Gretzky was there, yeah, and there was a signing, and he was Harris was there with him, and there was some guy who was like, "Hey Wayne, tell tell my uh, tell my son how important it is to practice," you know, and, and Wayne Gretzky was like, "Yeah, no, yeah, for sure, it's yeah, totally, it's, it's important to practice," and they moved on, and Harris was like, "What was that?" He goes, "I don't know, I man." It's like when I was that kid's age, like nobody had to tell me to practice. Yeah, I was just playing all the time. Sure, that that wasn't right. Yeah, no one told me to do you know a bunch like quit your day job and do every gig you can yeah you just wanted to yeah you fit you like that you just have tunnel vision on something especially early on where it's like this is just fun and people like what is it gonna make money like what i'm thinking about that yeah i just want to get good at this yeah Yeah. see i met you after you were post pot tom yeah yeah i met you when like rogan's like smoking like i don't know yeah <laughs> like i get pretty high <laughs> i do and i also i feel like when i quit i didn't i'm not like a s- sober sober but when i when i stopped being a daily smoker yeah um and would go like six months without it i feel like the we got so strong or something. so strong it keeps going up it, it keeps, keeps going, going up. up and um i also am, i know some people do that you're somebody who can do this what? i'm 100 percent not a fan of going on stage that way hi yeah i just don't like it i mean oh, it's right. just personally don't like it and it took me a while but yeah i got i got to the point where you know i i, I did it a few times with him including one of the, the highest i've ever rogan been yeah yeah one time i was actually with you too is when we went to columbus mm-hmm. and we did the funny bone like the day or two before he taped a special there remember in the oh theater? yeah i remember that you coming with us and then yeah. him going like you were like uh oh i'll, I'll get something to eat he goes no 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 no, no. Put your credit card away because you don't need that when you're with me. Yeah, I remember that. Like that's not how it works here. Yeah, he. Um, yeah, he was like, yeah, absolutely not. Uh, so he's so generous with that stuff. Yeah, but I remember getting uh, high, so high, and the club owner, what's his name? Stroop. Yeah. Seeing, I was watching the set, and I bombed hard. Yeah, absolutely. I remember it, and I remember seeing him off stage, and he was looking at me like, oof. Right. Like, this is the reason we don't let people take their openers. Well, <laughs> like, pretty, I think he also knew I was fucked up. Right. So he goes, and I remember I was backpedaling hard. 
I, you know, like I was trying to get out in front of it. I go, sometimes, you know, like these sets, they just don't go the way you want them to. Well, on stage you, you were saying that? No, oh. off to him. Yeah. Like in retrospect, it was super embarrassing. Yeah. yeah, I was like, you know what I mean? Like you just want it to go good, but then it doesn't. He, was, he wasn't even bringing it up. He was just like yeah. beating it to it. Yeah, him to I was it. just yeah. beating him to it. And he was like, no, yeah, totally. Um, and then now when I see him, we always joke about it. But he was like, yeah, you just... Because you were just not focused and just kind of all over the place. That's the thing. I started Walsh about it once, Brendan. Mm-hmm. And he was like talking about it. It's like, you know, it makes you looser, more creative and stuff. But it's like, bottom line is you're not as good as when you're sober. True. You're just, you're not focused. Yeah. It is great to shoot the shit with or personally, yeah. I like it alone. alone. Uh, I don't mind doing a workout set. I have a loose outline of a joke. Yeah. Let me get high and just fucking riff on it. But Matt Edgar was doing this thing where his first hit of the day, which is always the strongest one, mm-hmm. he would do it. So they were like, so if like you're on and then Matt Edgar's on, they were like, hey, Matt, we just lit Tom. He's like, cool. And then we'd go to the main room, smoke a bunch, mm-hmm. his first hit of the day, and then go in. Oof. So he was getting high like as he was on. All that says, like when you <laughs> describe that to me, all the only emotion that I feel yeah. is the anticipation of anxiety. Like It just makes oh, really? me feel anxious to, to even mm-hmm. hear about doing that. Yeah, I like my favorite thing would be chilling out by yourself, watching a sh- watching Family Guy, doing that, or even pulling up the laptop. And I had something written down, you know, and I go, oh, blah, 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 and I, I write something more to it, you know. That's what uh, Carlin said: uh, write sober, punch up high. There you go. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Yeah, it does make sense. But, um, do you ever get into like? Oh, do you ever fuck anybody at work? I don't think so. I don't, no. unless I count the comedy store, which doesn't really count. Like, no, I did not. No. Did you ever get in a fight with anybody at work? Not intense, you know, no. not like a physical fight, a couple shouting matches, um, but nothing, nothing really intense or anything like that. Did you? Store, the store for sure. The store was a whole different thing. Yeah. It wasn't even a job. It was like, hang out here. Part of these hours are going to pay you six bucks an hour. And then part of them, we're not going to pay you so anything. So all those guys now, because you know, I never really came up in the store. Yeah. Um, those are all comics, right? The guys- Except for the bouncers outside. The guys in the patio who are like checking IDs in the patio. Yeah. Like those are because of the shooting where now they need like actual security guards. So those guys are real security. Yeah. And the old lot guy, Chewy... Chewy Bravo, something like that. Who had a fucking axe wound to his head. Chewy Bravo was the little dude on Chelsea. Chewy, oh yeah, yeah, it's not him. Chewy something. Yeah, you're right. Chewy something. <laughs> I knew that guy too. Um, but everybody else, yeah, phone guys, door guys. Those are all comics. Yeah, yeah, um, covered with people. Interesting. Yeah. Um, otherwise, like, what's what's the point? And even the guys who weren't, after yeah. you worked there for six months, they're like, can I try it? Like, yeah, you get to go up on Mondays. Yeah. So sure. She wanted it that way. She was like, I, like Yakov Smirnoff worked bar back. Wow. She was like, I want you in here looking at comics. I'll get you a job. I'll make sure you like do okay. A job, if you got a job there back then in the 80s, that was like a sign of her saying, I like you. You've got something here. Let's be part of this family. How about now? There are a lot more non-comics working those jobs. But the door guys are all comics. They're all comics. The guys who are showing you your seat or showing people their seat, those are all comics. The f- most of the phone guys are comics. That lady, that girl Chelsea, the real hot one, they used to date Benji. Mm-hmm. 
she i don't know if she is or not yeah she's around it though but yeah that was the point it was like these are only comics so then the problem is like when you have to throw somebody out, it's like, I'm not equipped. I'm just a fucking 140-pound comic. Yeah. Do those guys get time? Yeah, Mondays. And then they also get to be in enough where they can go up on, on uh, the belly room show sometimes. And then if Adam like likes what you're doing, he's like, I'll make you a non-paid regular. You can work out upstairs on certain that shows. That the best sometimes. Belly room? Yeah. Best vibe, for yeah. sure. Always friendly and happy. Almost yeah. always. Yeah. And OR is kind of the battle room. Yeah. It's changed now, though. We talked about this. It's yeah. just different. It's yeah. just like... Oh, the main room is just... I never really liked the main room. No? I was always pissed I couldn't get in there. And then when I did, I did it for a few times. And then it was like a bunch more times. And it was almost like... But you get paid more there. You get a door split. Right. So you can make like 200 bucks, which is important. But like, instead of 15 for the other room. Right. But like, all being equal, I was like, I'd rather just go back to the OR. Yeah. And now that I don't need exa- like that exact money, it's like, yeah, put me in the OR. I don't know. Um, have you ever had to fire anybody? No way. I can't imagine you'd be in a position of hiring Power? or firing anyone. I was in a position of hiring and firing. Where? Uh, at a post-production co- company once. Really? Yeah. Did you fi- Well, first, did you hire people? Yeah. I, I what would you look for? <sighs> Man, it was a learning experience. I, uh, I was overseeing the logging department. Yeah. So people log. For people who don't know, they log. When you, when they shoot reality shows, you basically have cameras going all the time. Yeah. Oh yeah. So what happens is the story department needs to be able to search for, you know, pertinent conversation. Or hey, when did so and so yell at so and so? Not only that, also to what's called Frankenbite things, which is to make someone sound like they're saying something that they're not saying. Which, taking things out of context and pers- intentionally intentionally i like that sweet sweet ass if like you that. have even now that you know it if you're have just pay attention to the audio if you watch a reality show doesn't you'll hear much. audio that doesn't match all the time wow and that's what that is but for in order to do that and they'll do things by the way like you could say yeah, i fucking love new york city and later you said like i hate this burger and they'll put I fucking hate New York City. Wow. They'll do shit like that. So, anyways, so the story department needs that so they can piece stuff together and give it to an editor and go cut this like this. So the logging department literally logs entire tapes, you know, everything. And you have to, you have to watch and type. You have to watch and type and you have to watch and type. Uh, gestures just so oh. they have reference to that oh, oh really? here, here they rolled their eyes here they stammered a lot you know you write all that down so i would oversee that department and i had a you know six guys and girls working 24 hours a day so there was just day and night shift going just to keep up with that amount of tapes and tapes by the way from reality shows aren't sent they send people to pick them up just so that nothing could happen to the tape, you know? Somebody oh, yeah. gets on a plane if you're shooting in the field and flies the tape. Really? Back. Yeah, personally. I mean, I guess if you lose it, you're fucked. But yeah. Like, yeah, you have to have it on your person. I remember realizing that you can edit anything you want as after Comedian, the movie Comedian, mm-hmm. with uh, uh, Seinfeld and the other guy, Orny Adams. Yeah. And they were like, he really made him out to be a dick. And I do know you can do that. I, uh, Joe Wagner worked for, um, worked for uh, a limit date, I think. No, 
blind date. Mm-hmm. What was that one where it's like some like air bubbles of stuff? Yeah. Saying, blind date. Blind yeah. date. And he goes, we get all the footage and then we choose what to make this guy into. We can make him a jock. We can make him a poet. We can make him dumb, smart, fucking rude. We can do whatever we want. It's a perfect example of reality. Yeah. yeah. So I remember thinking like, was Orny Adams really like that kind of jerk or did they just edit it? And then I remember talking to Bobby Lee and I called him a gook mm-hmm. and then he laughed. And then, you know, it was all fun. We're all fun, yeah. friendly, you know, and he calls me kike and whatever. And then later I saw Bobby Lee walking down the hallway alone. But I'm like, if you just cut from me saying, you gook, and then the next shot is him walking alone down the hallway. It's oh, like, yeah. oh, look yeah. what you did to him. Absolutely. And they would do that, man. Wow. They would make people out that weren't that bad to be bad. But there's also, that doesn't hold 100% true. In other words, they a lot of times will play up who you really are. They'll emphasize that. Right. You know, they if you're kind of a dick, you might like come across as a real dick, right. you know, but they can turn Steve Simone into a dick. Yeah, that that's not really how right. it works. They kind of they turn up the volume on who you really are, mm. you know. So did you ever fire anybody there? Yeah, I'm trying to remember. I remember we had some bad bad, but I don't know. I think I wouldn't be the one. I remember hiring people. I remember being disappointed. Like I would go, this guy fucking sucks. But they just and take I would it. tell No, I think like my supervisor would handle that, you know. I would say, "Hey man, we got to we got to lose this person." And then they'd be I gone. would hate to do it, especially if they meant well. Yeah. Even if they meant average, not even meant well. Just yeah. be like, "I'm not going to fucking ruin somebody's day like that." I know. Yeah, cuz I, I remember someone else getting fired once when uh, on a post job and it was a PA who had a temper problem, and they gave her a warning once. And then I remember when she got fired. It's uncomfortable to be around the firing men. <sighs> yeah, because everyone sees it, and it's like you want to look, but you want to look away. Yes, it's ex- exactly how it is, and it's it, it's like the energy changes in a room. You just feel it change. It's like I mean, you can see actual emotion. No one wants the actual emotion. It's like someone losing their shit on stage, and you're like, ooh. Ever seen meltdowns on stage? I've had a few. They're fun. Have you really? <laughs> yeah, for sure. I've had just explosions of of anger uh, at people over the you know. Oh right. Not all the time, but I'm saying. But I like an audience member. Yeah. Well, oh, that's different. Yeah, yeah. I saw Thune once come from a. Uh, he booked this pilot with T.J. Miller, mm-hmm. and they both agreed like you know what let's do it because we'll be doing this together yeah. so it'll be fun. They did a table read and they replaced Thune. I remember actually hearing about that. Really? That 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 made its way into, you know, everyone talked about the gossip. Yeah. yeah um, that people were. Someone told me that an executive on that went up to him after a table read and said, "Are you trying to ruin this?" Wow. And I was like, "That is." Re- I don't know if it's true. Yeah, it's like you don't even know what what's a table. I'm, I'm just I'm, reading the lines, right? Like, like, no. That sounds really harsh to say to someone. So he came into the Laugh Factory that night, mm-hmm. that night, and he was just going off. And like, those are things I like to see. Yeah. Real emotion. Like, real fucking emotion. fuck this business. Fuck it. And everyone got into it. They, you know, the audience didn't really know really the business sure. too much, but it's LA and they don't know enough. It was just like fun to watch. Yeah. Or you see somebody like, say like, what am I doing in my life? We saw yeah. Kirk Fox had one of those. You said who? Kirk Fox had one of those. Really? Yeah. I've felt that way on stage before on certain sets. When you're phoning it in, yeah. what the fuck am I doing? What am I doing? Uh, I saw Michael Richards like a week or two before the, his infamous set. What I haven't heard. Um, <laughs> at the improv. Yeah. And he was going off on Jews. Really? Yeah. <laughs> in Hollywood. <laughs> wow. Yeah. He's fucking Jews. And then, and then I remember he had some Jew stuff. And then he goes, what the fuck are these guys doing up here? 
You know, this guy's talking about his balls. I mean, what about like real? So he's he was up there critiquing <laughs> the other guys, the other guys, and also not doing any. Like he just went up there to talk about how everything that he had Sucked seen before sucked. He he uh, when he came to the store when he started coming to the comedy store it was like oh my god Kramer it was fucking cool as hell yeah within two weeks no one talked to him because it was like oh this is just a not good comic yeah it was like that's all anybody there really cared about sure and so it was like eh whatever yeah and he was like these other guys are so dirty and it's like I don't know man clean guys go up here fine yeah you're in your head you haven't developed. Yeah, he was, and I just remember watching that set at the at the improv. I was like, "That's so weird." And then two weeks later, the Laugh Factory thing, and I was like, "Well, yeah, seems about yeah. right." Brett saw him like either later that night or the next day before it came out. Ernst, yeah, in between, like in the back of the main room, they were going on after each other or something. Mm-hmm. He's, "How you doing?" He's like, "Ah, eh, all right." <laughs> got into a thing. Eh, don't don't worry about it. And then it was like, "Oh no, it's coming for you." Yeah, that, you could just tell that was rage, though. That was that was rage. Yeah, I like a real meltdown. Like uh, one time, Brody. So I used to do this thing called cocking, mm-hmm. where I would uh, put my balls on people mm-hmm. on their hands or something, the back of their hands. Mm-hmm. And we get like Jim Payne or somebody to distract you. So like yeah. you'd be like, "What? What is that garden over there?" And you're like, yeah. "Look what?" It's like, "Oh no, it's like the one behind." And then I would come up over the side. I would just rest my balls in the back of your hand, and you would look like, "Oh, yeah." Because first terrible. you feel something. No thought of you would be like, "Oh, that's what that's that right. is." Yeah, that's someone's balls. Yeah, or your arm, anything. Whatever. And Brody was like, do not do that to me. I've been molested. Do not do that to me. And we're all like, we're definitely going to do it to you. Sure. There's no way out of There's this no now. Way yeah, you should definitely not have yeah. said that. Ingram, the only way he got away from it is because one time I put it on his stomach and he just like picked his hands up and started dancing. I'm like, mm-hmm. all right, we're done. Yeah. But like, so what I did a... Somebody gave you like a little... Some, I never saw one of those. Yeah. They used to play foosball upstairs. I'd work of a boner and then come in. Like, hey, how you guys doing? <laughs> it would go down so fast. <laughs> So Brody was on after me yeah. at the store, and uh, I had a long shirt on, mm-hmm. and I had my balls out of my fly the whole time, mm-hmm. uh, the shirt covering it. Yeah. I made sure not to do any, like, put my hand up, sure. you know, the whole time. If I had to, I would just go up to my chin. And then uh, I finished, and I was like, all right, you guys ready for the next comic? Very funny man, you know, whatever, from this and this. Please welcome Brody Stevens. And I just stayed there and stayed there, because he likes to, like, just go up and walk around the crowd. Yeah. And I just stayed there. And then finally he went up on stage and I shook his hand and I just brought it under my nuts and he touched it and he was like, and the next 15 minutes was just screaming and yelling. Super oh, it was so much fun. Yeah, that's fun. That's fun to see. It's fun to yeah. provoke. That's, yeah. at the, that's at the heart of being a, a, a comedian is the thrill of, of provoking. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, and provoking a reaction. That's, that's the thrill. Yeah. <laughs> Nick Yusuf said on my podcast once that he went to a zoo and they were on his little tour, mm-hmm. the zoo, and they were like uh, to a monkey or a bear i forget now uh, but they were like don't don't look him in the eye because they get like upset about that and he was down in an enclosure you know mm-hmm. and nick and his friend was like okay cool uh, we'll catch up with you guys in a second and they just started staring at him mm-hmm. just and at first the monkey was like Whoa. yeah <laughs> and looking away and they just kept staring like, Whoa. <laughs> and they just kept staring <laughs> started making more noise yeah. and they just weren't moving away and the guy picked up this dirt this monkey this ape or orangutan something like that just picked up this dirt and just flung it at Nick and his friend and just hit them and it was like fuck and they're like alright fair enough yeah. and they moved away oh man yeah but they're like we provoked that yeah. we did it yeah exactly that, that's totally at the root of being a comic yeah um Jesus, man! Wait, what were you just saying before that? Uh, the balls thing. Oh, I remember. I was just, I, I was talking about this last night to someone that I saw you 
it was, I mean, it was years ago. And we were at some, you know, one of these shows, not a proper comedy club. One uh, night a week room? Yeah, one night a week room. And I didn't really know you. I, mean, I knew who you were. I didn't know you know you. And Mike Black was on stage. And it was one of these shows where there's like eight people at the show. But it's a small place. Was it um, Splat? Was it that, that, that alleyway in Santa Monica? It could have been. It could have been. That was Mike's room. Okay. Yeah, that might have been it. And he's on stage performing. And I just see you out of my peripheral enter. And you're wearing a t-shirt and shoes. <laughs> so nothing else. And you just walk up in the middle of his set. And you just walk in a circle around him. Just naked. Or, you know, naked from the waist down. And then you just walk right off. And we laughed so hard in the audience at that. That you just walked in the room naked. Or, you know, pantless. Dick out. And then, and then you also didn't stop and do anything. You just walked up. Walked around. Like I'm him. looking for something? Like, yeah, I gotta get out of here, off. I guess. Yeah, and then you know, Mike's <laughs> in the middle of his set. <laughs> Those are fun times. Yeah, man, Painter was on stage at that, that that comedy underground place, that Splat place once. Yeah, and uh, I I was, I was in the back with a belt on and shoes, and that's it. Yeah, and like, but for like thirty minutes waiting for Painter to go on, and then when he did, I went out there and hugged him, and he's like, "What? The-? No!" He was another like super homophobic kind of guy. Of course. Oh man, dick, flaccid dicks are just <sighs> man. I wish I had the balls to do it. I never would have done it, though. Really? No way, man. I heard about you. Like, I remember when you did it in Irvine, and they got really upset, right? Didn't you get banned for a month or something? Improv or? In, in Hollywood. I thought it was the Irvine Improv. I did it at, at, at fuck, it was like Sex, Drugs, and Rock and Roll show or something. That guy from Styx or something was hosting. <laughs> but it made, it, it made its way into conversation quick. People yeah. were like, Ari brought his dick out on the Improv. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And Eric uh, had to call me. He's like, they're banned for six months. I was like, really? Yeah. They wanted a year. They said you would never do that at the comedy store, and it's kind of disrespectful. I'm like, I do it all the time at the comedy store. Yeah. And he's like, really? I'm like, yeah. yeah. He goes, well, be that as it may. Yeah. I remember hearing that. I was like, that is fucking crazy. <laughs> I go, Ari's out of his mind. <laughs> I got into it sometimes. Yeah. Um, look, I got to hit the gym. Yeah, let's do that. Let's I do wrap it up. show, not fat. Do you really? Yeah, I don't want to get like Bert, so I go down to the gym. I work out before shows. Wow. All right. Yeah. Tom Segura on Twitter, at Tom Segura. Yeah. Got a Netflix special. It's just come out uh, about like a year now it's been like 10 months yeah oh. i think mostly yeah. stories yeah and i have a big tour coming up where are you where are you hitting i'm doing a theater tour so it starts in january it's your first theater tour yeah wow mm-hmm. what, what's what, what cities you got um it's a bunch it's like 29 cities how, uh, how long are you gonna do it in how long yeah oh january through april just like a, like thursday friday saturday uh-huh then back Thursday, Friday, Saturday, yeah. back. Wow. With like weeks off in between. And so you're bringing your own opener for that? Yeah, it'll be different ones in different places. But different ones for, like I bring the same guy for the full weekend, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it'll be like, you know, whatever. Like Minneapolis, Milwaukee, Madison will be a weekend. Who are you, who are you bringing? Full charge? Who else? Yeah, he'll, he'll definitely do some weekends. I, I'll get, I'll get uh, Mike Cronin on some weekends, Josh Potter. Um, just different, you know, yeah. different for different cities. Yeah, that's cool. All right, go to TomSegura.com. Yeah. yeah. You know, some people don't have websites. Fucking that's, that's good. Does not have a website. Unacceptable. It is. All right, thanks, buddy. Right. Yeah, this one's for the workers who turn night and day by hand and by brain to earn your pay for centuries on past for no more than your bread have bled for your countries and counted your. 
was the episode, you guys. Did you enjoy it? I gotta go real soon. Fuck, 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 fuck. <sighs> Shit, I still have a pack for my goddamn special. I gotta go. Oh, yeah, I gotta transfer this to the fucking computer. Because this fucking computer won't take my goddamn card anymore. All right, um... What are the cord? Why won't you use the cord either? What's wrong with my computer? Are those, are those new Macs going to be any good? But they don't have the fucking HSD slot either. Technologia. Um, that's the episode, you guys. Thank you, Tom Segura. Don't forget to check out Tom Segura's amazing podcast, Your Mom's House, that he does with his wife, Christina Pazitsky. Uh, every day. Who knows? Once a week. Who, who, who knows what day it is? Doesn't matter. Just go download it and fucking subscribe to it. Um, a new this not happening this week. I forget who's on this week. But uh, the story of the week is... Let's see if I can tell. Oh, one of the best ones. Oh, Brian Regan. Brian Regan, you guys, on Tuesday, the YouTube story is out. And guess what, Canada? It's available there. Guess what, Australia? It's available there today at some point. Thursday, another story, a two for this week, you guys. Ryan Sickler from Crab Feast. His story is out on YouTube. Guess what, Canada? Guess what, Australia? Same shit. You guys get it. And on Thursday night at midnight Eastern, 11 o'clock Central, stories from Brian Regan, Rory Scoville. Oh, and guess who? I didn't even know that. And Ari Shafir. <laughs> what story am I doing this week? What story do I have on TV this week? What's the topic this week? Panic, right? Is it panic? Yeah, panic. Do, 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 do. Well, I did that one. I did that one. What was my third story? Oh, maybe that. Maybe about the Mall of America. If it's that one, it's like a real good story. Um, no, they're both two pretty good stories. The other one's pretty good too. But if it's the one Mall of America, that's a real good story. Anyway, you guys. Yeah, I think it might be. I think it might be. So definitely tune in. Fucking Regan is one of the best in the country of all time. Roy Scovel is one of the best current comedians. If Netflix is going to be doing those half hours and they want top, top level comedians who aren't like big, big names... Roy should be on that list. Um, and me. That's it. All right, so here's why, you guys. You can vote or you can not vote. Obviously, it's up to you. But here's why. One, the idea that if you, vote, you, can't, if you don't vote, you can't complain is ridiculous. Is ridiculous. It doesn't make any sense logically. What does make sense logically is if you vote for the winner, then you can't complain because then you did the research, chose to vote for this person, and you got them in. George Carlin was like, if you vote for anybody, you can't complain. Uh, that goes a little far from me. To me, it's like, if you vote for the winner, that's it. You have to be like, I did this. But here's the deal, you guys. It's a corrupt system. It's a corrupt system. You're not really voting for any change. You're voting for who gets your money, who gets the paycheck, and then does whatever you don't want them to do. I mean, none of you voted, when you voted for Obama, none of you were voting for literally like bopping, dropping bombs drone bombs on, on wedding parties in Yemen, right? None of you over that. But that's what's happening. Your leader chose to do that. And, and so we're doing that now. He chose not to comment on it so you haven't heard that much about it. Um, 
I get it. We have two terrible choices. You don't need to vote against either one of them, especially if you're not in a swing state. If you're in a swing state, maybe you can justify it. Be like, look, I don't want Donald Trump to get in. I agree with you guys. He's a moron. He's a moron and kind of an asshole. He's a bro dude and he's fucking old and he's creepy. I mean, they're all bro dudes. Don't forget, I mean, Bill Clinton was a president. JFK was a president. JFK was fucking a movie star cheating on his wife publicly, which is fine. I mean, you know, have extramarital affairs if you want, but like, you know, that's bro dude behavior. Bill Clinton was fucking pussy blasting a a, a fucking intern in the Oval Office with a cigar, sticking a cigar into her pussy, an intern, someone who worked for him. That's bro dude behavior. It's always been that way. I'm not saying it's excuses it, but that's the way it is. These guys are all bro dudes. Maybe Clinton's not. I'll give you that. Hillary Clinton's not. Um, but, so I get it. There's no reason we want Donald Trump as our president. I don't want him as our president. He doesn't just represent racists, by the way. That's oversimplifying stuff. He also represents people who want jobs in America, people who are kind of sick of war. Um, so, obviously, you don't have to vote for him. But that doesn't mean you have to vote for Hillary Clinton especially if you live in California or New York State, where it's already decided Hillary Clinton is winning. She's, she's won already. Th- those aren't up for debate. The non-swing states, your vote really means nothing because it's already chosen. Not like behind your back, not this like stupid like theory that everyone says, like the electoral college votes, not you. Yeah, yeah, but the electoral college never goes off on their own. Whatever the vote is of the state, they fucking mimic that and they give it three points. They don't, they don't fucking, they're not crooked. And if you go like, I'm going to go third party, well, why Gary Johnson? He's a moron. He's just a third person. And the idea that if you get the third party enough votes, now they're going to be part of the system. That's not true, you guys. It, history hasn't borne that out. Remember, Ron, remember uh, 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 what was that guy's name? Ross Perot. Ross Perot was the last third party guy to really get a lot of like traction. I don't know if you remember him. And uh, he got enough percentage of uh, the primary, I don't know how it worked, but he was in a debate. They were in a three-person debate, all the debates, instead of two people. And you know what they did after that? They changed the rules. The Democrats and Republicans just changed the rules. So instead of being the League of Women Voters, who were deciding who was in the debates, they're just like, nah, we'll make our own debates now. And it's a Democrat and Republican debates. If you think you're going to get your guy enough percentage and suddenly they're going to accept him and give away their power, that's not true. History hasn't borne that out. In fact, they will change the rules to take away power from third parties to make it even more difficult. Kind of like the way the TSA reacts. If you try to get a shoe bomb on, well, great, guess what? No more shoes on, you know, you gotta take your shoes off. Um, so it's not gonna happen. And also Gary Johnson's a moron. Hillary Clinton wants to go to war with Syria. She's not hiding that fact. She's a warmonger. She's voted for and supported every war since she's been in any office. She's publicly said she wants to make a no-fly zone, imposing that on like Russia and Syria. She wants to go to war with Syria, and she will. She will. She's a strong candidate. She's a strong woman. She will be going to war with Syria. So there will be, if history is any indication, countless deaths of innocent people in a new country, the country of Syria. I mean, we will blow that country to bits, just like we did Iraq, just like we did Afghanistan. 
thousands, thousands of innocent lives. That's what you're voting for. Or if you live in California or New York or any other non-swing state, you can say, I'm not going to support that. I'll just let Donald Trump not win. But I'm not going to vote for a fucking little kid to get their arm blown off. I'm just going to not vote for Donald Trump and he won't win. But I'm not going to support that. I'm not going to support someone who is so clearly in the pocket of big business. I mean, aren't you guys at least, at least troubled, at least troubled by the fact that she refuses to release those speeches that she gave to Goldman Sachs and all those other banks? Are you not at least troubled by that? By Bernie Sanders going a year asking her to release it, and she said, I'm looking for it. And then Donald Trump going another six months saying, release it. The public saying, please, tell us what you told those people. And then her email's coming out where she says she has a clear stance towards, the, towards business, a private stance, and a clear public stance that are two separate things. Are you not at least troubled that she seems to hide stuff like that? I'm not talking about the emails, different servers. That, that goes beyond me. I mean, her refusal to release those transcripts of those speeches to the banks. Now, if I gave speeches to banks, I don't want to release it. No big deal. You know why? Because I never got bankers off the hook for bankrupting this country. I never went and said, hey, guess what? You guys, you're not getting any jail time. Don't worry about it. But hey, hook me up with hundreds of thousands of dollars later. The system is corrupt, you guys. They're both awful. Do not participate. And people will say, well, if you don't participate, you're not making any change. To counter, I'll say two things. One, if you do participate, you're also not uh, making any change. Your vote just empowers them. It just empowers them. You don't speak with your, vo- your, your vote. You speak with your, with your voice. You tell your friends, hey, I'm not represented. Do you guys feel represented? I don't feel represented. You tell 10 of your friends that you don't feel represented by our government, that goes a lot further than voting into a system that already doesn't represent you. It's like the fucking, you know, fix it box. They don't care. They don't read those things. Put something in here if you have a suggestion. They don't read it. So I suggest this. By not voting, by not voting, here's what you miss out on. You miss out on the feeling of you making a difference. Because when you feel like you make a difference, when you haven't made a difference, you have appeased yourself in some small way. You have told yourself, I am changing things at least. I'm at least doing my part. But you're not. The result is you're not. You ever buy a, uh, you ever see those NFL things where you buy a a, a pink NFL jersey and it goes to Susan G. Komen Foundation for Breast Cancer Research? And then you ever look at the actual money that goes to them? So 3% of those those, uh, uh, jersey sales go to Susan G. Komen. 3%. You buy a $100 or $60 jersey, 10, I don't know what it is. Let's just say it's a $100 jersey. It's way easier. It's going to be way easier for me. $3 goes to Susan G. Komen. Susan G. Komen has their price to pay and all the people to pay and the, and the, that work there. 3% of that goes to breast cancer research. So it is, let's see, $3 would be $0.09. Cents. Nine cents of your $100 jersey goes to, to, to breast cancer research. Are you making a difference? Very negligibly. Why don't you just give a dollar of your own money to breast cancer research? 
You're not doing anything by voting, you guys. You're participating. So I say, get mad. Don't vote because there are no good options. And then feel angry for four years. Go four years feeling like I didn't even get a vote because they didn't even give me someone to vote for. You know they're riding over this in Hong Kong. In Hong Kong, they got the country, China got the country back from, from, from British rule, 99 years of British rule. And they got it back and they said, they finally go, okay, guess what? You're back to China, uh, no elections. And they're like, no, 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 we like elections. They're like, fine, 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 here's two candidates. And they're like, the, the Hong Kong people were like, we don't, we don't like those candidates, we want other candidates. And they go, no, these are the two candidates you have. And they rioted, you guys. They said, that's not good enough. They stood up and said, that's not good enough. You're giving us no good choices. That's not good enough. And they rioted. They stuck up for themselves. I'm not saying to riot, but I'm saying that's the people who didn't fucking take it. And they got beaten down. It didn't work out well for them, but they're not giving up. We've given up. Don't vote. Feel angry. Feel upset. And then next year, it'll be a little more likely that you'll get somebody. Or it'll go the other way, and they'll be less likely that you'll get somebody. You'll get nobody else. And you'll go another four years and not get anybody. And eventually, voter turnout will go down even more. Go down to 40%, and then 30%, and 20%. What would happen if 20% of the population voted? Would we even respect that vote? You know? Is that something we'd even say is like the most important thing? Or would we eventually just go, Nah, I don't really care what you guys vote for. That's not my president. None of us really voted for him. That's not our president. That's not our senator. We pay three times more in insurance than the next country, the next most expensive country, and we get the 17th best coverage. We are owned by big business. Here's our two candidates. One is big business. One is in the pocket of big business. Get upset, you guys. Don't take, their, don't take their shitty choice. Just don't vote. It's a corrupt system. Don't participate in it. Start looking at other ways to change it. Don't get involved doing this. It's like, oh, this will, it won't help. If you want to help breast cancer research, don't fucking go buy an NFL jersey. Figure out another way to actually make some change. Well, not getting a jersey is not going to help. That's not true. It will. It will help a lot more than getting a jersey. Figure out another way. Start thinking about it. You got four years. You got next week is an election. Don't vote. I will say, you could vote for the fucking props. That's it. Not even local elections because they're all crooked too. And they're entering into a crooked system. Even if you get a fucking politician who, by the way, you have no idea. But if they are like, well, I want to make some good change. They're going to enter a system where they can't. Fucking 99 out of 150 of them are crooked. They're like, I want to make change. They're like, eh, shut it. And then you can't make change. Obama promised that there'd be fucking CNN in the fucking votes about the insurance reforms. And all the congressmen and senators are like, no, they're not because we're all on the take. And they, they vetoed it. They're like, no, you're not, you're not watching us vote. You're not watching the fucking debates we're having because we're all on the take. This country's on the take. Until we get somebody who's like, I support wholeheartedly that candidate, don't get involved. You guys voting for lesser of two evils. That's fucking break up rebound logic. Oh, what do, what do you like about this new girl? Well, she's not rude to waitresses. What? That's what you like about the new girl? She doesn't shit on my dreams. Well, that's, I'm sure most people don't shit on your dreams. Yeah, well, it's nice to feel good once in a while instead of shitty all the time. What? 
Why would? What do you mean? Shitty's not an option. Of course you wouldn't date somebody for, for shitty. Oh yeah, you used to, right? You used to. Yeah, man. You guys are using fucking breakup rebound logic. Just don't vote. That's my stance. I implore you. Do not get involved. Especially if you're one of those states. Especially if you're one of those states where it doesn't matter. Where it's already decided. Why would you then choose to support someone who will kill innocent people, who will do the bidding of big business? You can just sit back and let her win anyway. She's going to win in your state. So yeah, vote for legalized marijuana. Sure, go ahead. Vote for those things. I don't know what other fucking local propositions there are. Referendums. That's it. That's it. That's the only one they actually count your vote. Your vote goes for one, you know, one millionth or whatever. I mean, mathematically, also your vote doesn't matter, but that's a different story. So stay home, you guys. Stay home. When you see somebody with an I voted sticker, laugh at them. What are you, a fucking child? You got your sticker to show you did something? Fucking moron. <laughs> sticker. <laughs> Come on, man. So you can feel with, look, I did it, you guys. What? You fucking participated in a broken system and they gave you a sticker, a shiny little sticker? Don't vote. Stay home. Tell your boss you voted and fucking skip work. Take the day off. Because you earned it. Because you're not represented for 365 days a year. So for one day, you can just take a fucking personal day. Don't vote. There's no reason. Stay home. Create the change you want. Figure out a way to actually do it. If you get to a roadblock, you don't just keep fucking running into a wall. You fucking figure out a way to go around. Let's start a new system, you guys. Let's figure out a new way. Let's move on. Let's move on from the corrupt system. And let's find a new way. I don't know the way but I know this way has not worked. It's done. Sh- show me a good candidate. I mean, these are the worst two candidates. I mean, if, if Hillary Clinton was running against Barack Obama, by the way, Barack Obama, if you look at any of his old speeches when he's running against Hillary, he was saying it too. He was like, she's completely corrupt. Is that what we want? She's completely corrupt. She's completely fucking sold out. She's bought and sold for. She will do the bidding of big business, further alienating 99% of our population against the 1%. She's in that 1%. So, what? Are, oh, this cat's gonna fucking murder this squirrel. Oh, squirrels are fast. Nope, missed a cat. Um, all right, you guys, thank you very much for tuning in. That's it. Sorry about my rants. I'm glad I did it in the outro instead of the intro so you don't have to listen to it. Um, for Ari Shavir's Captain Tank, episode 280 something, two or three. And for Tom Segura, take this job and shove it. Over and out. Goodbye, everybody. Don't vote. Don't vote. Don't vote. Don't vote. Your uncle had an old saying. If you don't vote, then you can't complain. Sizing up candidates first election.
trying to do it get us all fired huh yeah, slow down pace yourself slowly slowly slow sorry today's my first day i know 